<laughs> Rob's garage coming to you live. We're going to stick it to you today. What's Episode up? three. What's going on, guys? Yo. We're yes, going <laughs> <laughs> to do a quick roll call now that we have numbered mics. Number two. Here we go. The number one child educator. Head, Head amputator. amputator. <laughs> Heartbeat stopper. Sean Ill in the house. Yeah. <laughs> the one and only. Rob. Oh, Chris. <laughs> I was, I was going to give you an intro of the, oh, the former you. lead singer of the first American Britpop band, <clears throat> Curl. Renowned. Oh. I, mean. <laughs> I was in another band, but whatever. And then, known for his one-liners. Bill. Dollar that's lot, Bill. That's a lot of pressure. Dollar, dollar, dollar Bill. Bill. Yeah. All right, so I think we, we, uh, we've determined that we're going to try to make it as customary as, as possible and, and kind of kick off the show doing the black bag grab oh <laughs> so this time uh, you guys were able to uh to make the pit stop now here's the question did you stop at uh it was shady liquor store one or it was shady? shady liquor store one we didn't make it to carol's oh okay we missed it. all right well that, that's fine too hello carol <laughs> all right so i'm gonna reach in all right so are we gonna stick with the normal flow rob do you want to go first all right all right Oh, there we go. That's it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, OG, Colt 45. Might have to sip on this guy. That's all right. It's, Save it for later. This is a, uh, an afternoon recording, so, uh, you know, we, could, we can keep it moderate today. <laughs> yeah, last time, uh, St. Ides was a, uh, it kicked my ass. Yeah. Yeah, it hurt. It's, it hurt. you know, it's, it's really, um, it's it, it's funny because you know going down and it's refreshing. It kind of tastes all right, but you realize how <laughs> shitty it is the next day because of the bad ingredients and whatever we're, we're well, ingesting. Well, your diarrhea. You know when you <laughs> when somebody is like working on their car outside and the puddle like there's a puddle under the car and it has like that rainbow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, like yeah. That's, that's that's what it's got the slick yeah. in it. That's what your diarrhea looks like. Looks you have like a rainbow <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> I'm not going to say that St. Ives tastes even remotely good going down. Cold 45 was okay, but... Actually, I had that last episode, and that was good. It I wasn't... think Cold 45's the gem. Yeah, I think they're the, the high bar. All right, who's up next? Yeah, I guess I'm really excited for this one. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Mimosa. <laughs> I don't even think this made it on the so, list. This is international. Mimosa lager. Guatemaltecos. Wow. So it's uh, it's a one quart, one point eight fluid ounces. It's a product of Guatemala, and it says Tradición y Orgullo de Guatemala. Mm. Famosa desde eighteen ninety six. Well, you know, get it while we can, Vintage. you know, without the wall going up, right, Rob? <laughs> yeah. Keep Famosa. And... All right, Yo, Chris, you're up. I want that cap when you're done. Like the twist off, or do I need a something to oh, take it off? No, that is twist off. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> twist off. I didn't see this one. What is Car- this one? Carta Blanca. Uh, it's the damn. white cart. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's your new nickname. Carta Blanca. <laughs> Carta is Can you get it off, Cambodian for poop. Yeah, I mean, talk about Casablanca. Actually, you know, this, this is, is not. I can't believe this is not a twist off. Oh no, that's fancy. Yeah, the Guatemalans keep it. I got a box. Oh, uh, because it's yeah. It, yeah, it's it's imported. <laughs> Someone muled back a case of famosa. 
to that discount liquors. Yeah. <laughs> there must be a large. All right, dollar bill, you ready? I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I like the angle that you guys did here. International. Yeah, keeping it uh, international. I love it. Keeping it interesante, yeah? <laughs> this is Presidente? That's right. That's the, the best one. The Yo, that shit, that's a green bottle. That, there's no doubt yeah. that thing is skunked to all the shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of the same Pilsner that they all make down there. Yeah, this is going to be not unlike um, Valentine, I bet you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Famosa's not that's, bad. That's going to taste mm. like it was out on the deck. St. <laughs> <laughs> Louis, Missouri. Oh, dude. Does oh, Anheuser Busch own it? I don't know, man. Yep. I don't know. They get, I can't imagine them being as diversified after King Cobra. I don't know. They, they, they're trying to spread there. Imported by Import Brands Alliance. Oh, no. This, let me try a little Famosa. It's like NATO. <laughs> All right. This is gonna oh, be a oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm the yeah, lucky one. Country Hell club. yeah, that's all I was Country hoping club. for. You know what? I think what we may have to do for this one is just pour the a little taste bit. Taste samplers? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll do samplers here. Because Country Club only comes every now and again. I mean, this I'm is... dying for the Country Club. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy pants. <clears throat> Famosa. Yeah, don't sleep on Don't it. You? It's pretty decent. Yo, Carta, <laughs> Blan Carta Blanca is pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. So, Sean, I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk about an experience that I had last week, and I thought this would be a, a perfect a perfect segue of uh, sort of blending, you know, where our professional paths have taken each and every one of us. And uh, without speaking for you, I guess uh, you know how I, I would describe you to most people is probably one of the most well-read individuals you you have a, a real thirst and knowledge of. oh stop it's uh, totally true but yeah stop <laughs> <laughs> so although that we've known each other since we were idiot teenagers you know we've all taken a, a career path and, and sean has uh, taken one in education mm. and um i don't know if there is a, a shakespeare certification per se or you know i know that you have advanced degrees but would you say that your background in in primarily of your education is in shakespeare literature i wouldn't say my educate i mean you know as an english major i had to take certain shakespeare courses but just from teaching it i developed a like a crazy love for it okay I, I like the obsessive nerd part of me i like keep track of all the performances i've seen i've seen probably like 40 live shakespeare plays on the stage wow okay so yeah so you would probably have a pretty good strong reference point if you know, someone had made a joke about some type, one of the Shakespeare plays, yeah. or you would identify based on your knowledge and information. Right. That, okay, good. All right, so here's the game we're gonna play. <laughs> so I had a very uh, strange, unique uh, client experience uh, last week. So um, for those listening, I think we're up to uh, 55 of you guys, maybe if we're, we're 50. like 55 and growing, but, um, you know, I, I had uh, started a technology company about six or seven years ago, and um, you know, within that time frame, I've been fortunate enough to kind of really uh, work with some awesome clients and brands and, and professional sports teams. But with that, you know, like most businesses or, or anything in life, relationships are, are paramount to um, any business dealing or, or any friendship, right? And so, with that, there's a lot of um, you know, out of office, extracurricular sort of uh, 
client entertainment that needs to take place and um, you know that that's a part of my job that I, I still find fun and you know willing to do it so um, I have a particular client that we've been trying to get together for no joke no less than a year like just couldn't make it happen and so we thought you know it'll probably be much easier if we get our wives together and we just kind of make this like a night out in, in New York and you know, break bread together and what have you. And so um, this was very much of a first date kind of scenario. It was almost like a double dating. I didn't, I, you know, I know them professionally, but I don't know them personally. And so you, you can imagine there's, there's a finesse with personality, you know, adjust, not adjustments, but just, you know, you have to feel out the room, first person, your first time you're meeting someone, you don't know how the wives are going to get along. You don't know what, what food or what drink, you know, you, just what their personal uh, mm -hmm. preferences are. So um, what we decided on, this was really primarily driven by them, was to check out this uh, adaptation of a Shakespeare play. Uh, it was the adaptation of Macbeth, mm -hmm. but their description and spin on it is uh, a noir version of Macbeth. Now it's called Sleep No More. It, it's been playing in Manhattan for, I don't know, three years now, and there's no signs that it's, it's stopping. And um, so at the time of like agreeing that, hey, you know, you wanna check out a New York show, there's dinner and a show, it's a very adult thing and very professional. It's like, okay, that's a safe, it's a, face, a, fa a safe thing to do. Like, okay, so we'll, we'll do it. And so I bought the tickets and, um, you know, it wasn't like a normal, Broadway purchase, right? You know, you get a playbill, you get the tickets, you can go online and read about what the show is because it's interesting, like a noir version of Macbeth, like what does that exactly mean? So you go online and you try to search it and it, you can't find much. And it's just very sort of artistic and it's like this three minute trailer of, you know, it felt like a, like a, a dinner theater kind of thing where it's like, all right, somewhat interactive, like you're eating your pasta and then like an actor's gonna come up and pour you wine or something. <laughs> like that, that, that's honestly how I thought it was. Like medieval times there. <laughs> <laughs> something, I'm like, all right, this is a little little Fucking hokey. turkey leg and a wench with a, a wooden chalice. <clears throat> yeah, so I thought it was a little hokey, but whatever, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll play. And so as, um, the date comes close, closer, you know, they start doing this email drip campaign where they just give you a little bit of information. So about a week or two ago, I got an email that said, okay, here are the rules. You have to show up an hour early. You're not allowed to bring a purse. You're not allowed to bring a jacket. You know, it's just, there is a coat check, but you know, we recommend that you're here in advance. I'm like, okay, all right, things are, a lot of rules here, but okay, I'll continue to play. So this was on a Friday night. And so Thursday, I come home, uh, and uh, Heidi was was on the email chain, and she goes, "Did you see that email that came in from Sleep No More?" And I said, "No. What was it?" And she's like, "Um, you have to wear a mask." And I said, "What?" <laughs> she's like, "Yeah." Like I'm like, "Okay, so like, what kind of mask? Like, I don't I don't understand. Is this like eyes wide shut, like with the the nose and the and the hook?" She's like, "I don't know." And I'm like what are we getting into? And like, what are these people are into? <laughs> like, you just, cause I don't, you know, you just don't know. And it's like, all right, well this, this should be interesting. And so that's all that we knew leading into this event is that we couldn't bring any personal items and we had to wear a mask. And, and I didn't know if this was like, do I go to the bodega and grab a ski mask or like, are they giving something out? Very interesting. And so 
The address is in the Meatpacking District in New York, and coincidentally, it's right across from Scores, uh, the strip club. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, so now my head is spinning. I'm like, is this is this kind is this client like into, you know, like? Can I interrupt? Sure. So the client is the one who booked this thing. This was the client's idea, or you or you just picked it. Their randomly? idea. Okay. Their idea, and I just now on the it. email did it spell mask M A S Q U E. Oh, good like question. masquerade ball type shit. Mm. I, I I didn't see the email, so yeah. I don't know. But that's a that's a very good question. Um, Did it didn't specify the type of mask? Nothing. I mean, you can get stupid, like with the the typical gorilla mask, and show up at this place that <laughs> listen like I, Spencer's <laughs> werewolf thing, like a George Bush mask. Stupid. <laughs> 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 so. Um, so we, we get there a little bit early because, you know, I want to be prompt and follow instruction. And it's it's every bit of a New York nightlife kind of scenario where blacked outdoors, red velvet, velvet rope, carpet, maybe three people in line, doormen, just don't talk, just wait in line. And uh, so we get in line and... Dorman walks in and it is a long hallway. And do you remember like the days? I don't, I don't know. Like I want to say like if you guys have gone to Limelight back in the day when right. that was the thing where it's like that leading tunnel where it's just <laughs> and it's just lit. <laughs> like <there's laughs> so, so like we're, you know, this is like a work meeting for me. Right. And I'm like this half of my mind that is like this is work. And then the other half is like, OK. I'm going to find out what they're really into. Yeah, I know the others were thinking, That's, what the hell are these people into? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. And and so um, so we're walking down this hallway, and it's like you have that ambient base, and it's a low-lit room, and maybe candles on the floor, and, and it's like the coat check, and it's like you... And everyone's kind of in character, like even the coat, like the coat check people, and they're in this... I, I want to say like a vaudeville outfit or something. Did you show up with the masks on, or did no, you... No masks. You so at, prior to going in, we decided that they probably provide give the masks, right? And so, so sure enough, we go down this hallway. We we give all of our personal items. Uh, they don't confiscate your phone, but it's very clear that you know everything has to be muted, shut off. Like you can keep it for emergency purposes, but you know, just keep it on mute. So then we go to another window. It's almost like a box office, right? And there's a man behind it, and he's got suspenders. And again, it's like very character-based and all method actors and all of that. And they, they give everyone a, like, he has a deck of cards, and he just gives everyone a card. And there's either a 10 on it or a 3, and whatever the suits are doesn't matter. So then you're kind of wheeled or uh, walked into this, um, this back bar, and it's like a speakeasy. And again, everyone's in character, and you know you have to have a drink. And um, you know this is a way for the presentation to begin. This woman kind of gives the rules, and she does it in a very like old timey prohibition. Now here are the rules, you see. You know, it's like, <laughs> like that, that kind of voice and everything. <laughs> so and then you know so she explains the rules that there's going to be an announcement that a number ten or number three is going to be called. And then based on what cards you have, you have to go. And they encourage that this is, even though you're with a group, it's an individual experience, okay? So you, you have to break up from the group and just go where 
your card tells you. And so, of course, they call out a number 10. I look at my card. <laughs> I'm the first one out. And, oh, so I can't believe I forgot about the mask, right? So as we're walking into the bar area, they, there's a guy with a stack of masks, and he hands them out, and you have to put them on before you enter the bar area. So I look at this mask, <laughs> and it's like the top part up looks like the Scream ghost, right? And then the bottom part looks like a Howard the Duck bill. So it's got like the scary ghost and then like this flippy up, but you're, you're covered. And then the weird thing is like once you put the mask on, I mean, you're, you could be anyone. Like mm. you're in a room full of strangers. Like I couldn't tell where Heidi was. I couldn't tell where mm. my clients were. And you know, it was just like you're, now you're just kind of in this whole mystery, right? And so... Say, pal, take your pants off, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... Um, so I, I get called into uh, the elevator bank, right? And so all the number 10s just kind of loiter into the elevator bank. So it was like at that moment where you're just kind of... Now you're kind of with a collection of these other masked people with these goofy masks on and you just have a moment like what the hell is my life right, <laughs> right now it's like I guess my anxiety is starting to kick in and I'm like I still have no idea what the hell is happening here so we go into this elevator and it goes down and this is where the experience begins and now you're well versed in Macbeth now I'm just gonna sort of stream well I, like I said I've seen like 46 year plays Macbeth's one of my favorite I don't think I would have been down with this. <laughs> this is not like what I typically want to go see when I go see Shakespeare. <laughs> I don't want to be in the play. I want to see like yeah. Kenneth well, Branagh on stage. At least he didn't go by himself. True. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, was there the 10 and the three? Do you, does that mean anything to you? Is there, is there a significance with why they chose the 10 and the three? I thought maybe there would be, maybe that like struck you. No. Good question, but nothing, no. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the kind of thinking that I, I, uh, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like, if you, if you recognize anything that I'm saying, and I'm just gonna do it based on recollection, like, and, and I'll try to portray the, the scene um, as much as possible, but just call out whatever you connect with, right? Okay. So we get off, now again, it, this is a converted hotel with catacombs in like different areas, and like you're encouraged just to go where you want, like it's free form. Wow. So it's like you see a stairwell, go down this stairwell. Like you don't have to go with the group, just do what you want to do. Like everything's in play. It, it, it's it's like a video game, but you're you're in this. And so I get off the elevator, and you know, me being me, I see the crowd go left, and I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go right and experience this by myself. And oh shit. So <laughs> so I go right, and literally on the ground there's dirt and steam and crosses, and it's like this graveyard. Right. And so there's this pathway. And so, you know, you're and not not that there, there was just like low ambient music and lighting, but it wasn't like ooh, like a haunted house, walk. So I'm, I'm just navigating this graveyard and it's, you know, following the path and it kind of winds around. And, and I, I must say, from a production standpoint, like, I mean, the tickets weren't cheap, but they weren't, you know, exorbitant. But it was really well produced from a theatrical standpoint. Like you were, you didn't feel like you were inside some type of converted New York City motel. Like I was in a graveyard, right? Like it was, it was really immersive. <clears throat> so again, I continue to navigate 
and then I enter into this room. You're by yourself? By myself, with strangers, with masks on. I have no idea where my clients are. I have no idea where my wife is. Right. They could be behind me for all I know. But I went in first. And so, so now there's this room and hardwood floors, it, you know, exposed brick. And then in the middle of the room is this tub, this bathtub. And it had some level of like murky water. And, but there were, I almost feel like it was a stage, but it, a stage wouldn't make sense. But there was two, there was a man and a woman, right? And they were in, you know, themed attire. And when I say themed, I want to say somewhere in the 20s, you know, like the gay 90s kind of thing. And they were dancing and it was like this big kind of emotional, you know, like it was like a, bal a ballet, you know, where very dramatic movements and, you know. Uh, sultry, maybe? Sultry. And, and, and so you can tell like they were performing this fight. They were having some type of passionate fight and they were like spinning each other around and it was kind of like fight dancing, you know, like she was swinging and missing. So it seemed like a, a domestic dispute of some sort, right? Is it anything coming to Macbeth from here at all? Um, well, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth have an interesting relationship. In the beginning, they're like mad tight, close. Mm-hmm. They want to kill the king. He, he's like, fuck, I don't want to do that shit. She's like, quit being a bitch, basically. Right. And he goes ahead and he does it. And then gradually they go in different directions. They, they're not close anymore. She goes crazy. He mm -hmm. just goes like vicious, mean, nasty. And they both end up dead. So maybe it was about their relationship falling so, apart so, perhaps that scene yeah so that could have you know i was thinking obviously that they were uh, uh, you know in a relationship and it was they were fighting they were volatile so in mm -hmm. any in any event throughout this performance and we'll call it five or six minutes of this dancing and or any actors like saying lines from the play or anything no, like that no 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 there was no vocal so i guess you all. they expected the audience to know macbeth to a degree yeah um or just kind of experience this on its own right let me ask you a question. Did, yep. did everybody have the same mask on? Did anybody bring no, their no, own? No, no, no. All <laughs> you want so bad for there to be gorilla masks. Gorilla. Interesting. <laughs> like here was wearing these plain white ones, this mysterious thing, and then some dude rolls up with like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would never be able to keep uh, kill up with those plastic like Dennis the Menace fucking yeah. ones with a big smile just looking around the room. But now was there a lot of blood? Was there a lot of blood and shit like that? Yeah, so it, I got the sense that, you know, <laughs> splatter on the ground, this tub, mm -hmm. you know, the murky water. It was like a hint of red. Um, but it, so, so anyway, the, these people are dancing, and, and now it's getting a little bit aggressive where the guy's shirt comes off, and, you know, she's, like, aggressively, almost passionately attacking him, but there's, like, these movements of kisses, and, um, you know, he rips open his shirt, and he's got his suspenders on, and, you know, they're dancing, and he pushes her away, and it's like they go, they go bizarre. It's like a, a like a, pa a crime of passion kind of thing, like this this dance, and then they kind of separate where he throws her against the wall, like against the room. And now, again, this is all very method and like very physical. So she slams against the wall, and two feet away from me, like you could surround the actors if you wanted and just, I'm not touching you. <laughs> like you could literally do that. And so she collects herself and lifts up her dress, takes it off. I have a fully naked woman two feet from me. 
and I have this mask on. <laughs> she is, you know, she looks like a gymnast, super fit, completely naked. And she they, started doing the Beavis and Butthead thing. <laughs> do, they, do they have masks on? No, oh. the actors do not. They're the only ones that you can see, and they're in character and they're in costumes. But everyone else is just like, okay. In the famous movie that Roman Polanski directed, it was the first movie he filmed after his wife, who was Sharon Tate, yeah. was killed by Charles Manson. So it was very bloody. But in that movie, there's a when Lady Macbeth goes crazy, she sleepwalks, and in that in that film, she's naked when she sleepwalks. Okay, good scene. That's, um, did we, you good, Chris? Did we yeah. use my, okay. Um, so, so it could have been a reference to Lady Macbeth's insanity. Right. And, and, and now, mind you, this is the room that I went into. I have no idea what other rooms there that, that are out there. So I, I didn't know if this was like the opening scene of Macbeth. I didn't know if this was a callback from another scene. So, so thank you for that. So now what happens is you have this naked woman passionately, you know, almost, uh, you know, aggressively staring at her counterpart and they kind of start approaching each other. And I'm like, are they going to like, <laughs> like, what's that? Like, is this, are they going to like hop in this tub and like really go at it? And so they kind of meet, they kiss and then they sort of like spin away from each other and then they kind of dart into. Yeah, that's, that's the play. Yeah. They yeah. go in different directions. They go into different directions. Now, half the room. So I don't know. If I would have followed the naked chick, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so let's call it about twenty-five people in the room. Twenty people. Half the room goes with the guy, and I'm like, I've seen you naked. I feel like I know you. I should probably follow you now. <laughs> right. So I, I, I go with the girl, but like she hauls ass. I don't know where she goes. So she's like, and I'm not going to be a creep and like start light sprinting. sprinting. <laughs> Speed walking. Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> Pushing people out of your way and coming on. Move, move. You forgot your address. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so I, I get close enough to like identify that she kind of goes into this other room. And now the only way that these actors and actresses escape is like there's these kind of um, trap doors throughout the building. And what they do is they'll, they'll grab a guest, so an audience member, and pull them into this closet, this door, and then just the door locks. And so you understand that's like end scene. And I don't know what happens to the person where they just get filtered into another room, another scene, or what have you. But, so they do an end scene, and now you're kind of in this hallway, and there's dramatic, you know, it's dark, but there's spotlights like this, where you, know, you can see where you're walking. And then I go to the left, and now I'm in this like private detective, like a PI office, and there's desk. I mean, and like the fine detail, they had notes, like post-it notes, and like all themed, you know, like uh, cursive, and, and all of these notes. And in this room is what we now call a, a little person, a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> and so th this, this little person is, you know, behind the desk, and he's kind of milling through, taking notes, collecting little artifacts. I'm like, okay. So what happens here? Now, again, like, they're not talking. You're just, you have to figure out like what he's investigating. And I'm looking at the doorway and I'm trying to piece it together. Okay, so is he a detective? You know, is, did he break into the detective room? Right? And I'm like, damn, I wish I saw Macbeth like, so I knew what the hell was going on. Anything? Well, there's no detective in Macbeth <laughs> because of the time period. But uh, I mean, people start to 
realize that he killed the king and he's a tyrant and he's killing everybody in his path and there's a couple heads well, mainly Mac- Macduff mm-hmm. who's on to him and rallies up a posse to overthrow him okay. so maybe could have been a reference to that yeah yeah so was Macduff of modest height <laughs> modest <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> trying to tie shit in. Yeah. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't know. He's a fucking thing. He's, he's a badass. So he's yeah. a, you know, he wouldn't be a midget. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I kind of like based on my first scene, I'm like, all right, this is a little, this is a little slow and a little boring for me. Well, so. I'll tell you what, if see, that's where you made a mistake. If you know Macbeth, you know, Lady Macbeth's going to go crazy and commit suicide. You should have went with the other way. If it's like a choose your own adventure, you know what I mean? You should have went with the other head because he yeah. was going to kill more people <laughs> and do some shit. Yeah, well, I, I know, but you know, but she probably right. disappeared to put the dress back on to do it for other people that walked in the room, right? It wouldn't have been just like a one thing, would it? No, no, but that that's what was the most impressive thing because you have to account for every scenario with all of these can, different groups. Can I ask know? a question? Of course. Is This whole time, is your wife experiencing some, something else? I have no idea. I don't know where she is, what she's doing. She still won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> have no clue. Uh, and I have no idea where my client is, you know. And, but, you know, like. <laughs> I, have nowhere my, where, I don't know where my wife is. I don't know where my client is. I, I don't, don't know. know. What the f- <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, all right, I, I see this guy going, like, milling around. And so I leave the room and go back into this hallway with the dramatic lights and all that. And then next thing you know, within seconds, someone throws the little person out into like, he's he's like in the air, (laughs) like thrown out of the room. And I was like, shit, let me get back into the room. And like the room is empty and people are like scattering. And so now it's like people are just trying to chase each other, you know, chase the characters and what have you. And so, so as you can imagine, the other thing that I learned the night of the show is that it's a three-hour experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm 10 minutes in. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, holy hell. And so, you know, the rest of the time was just kind of experiencing all of these different scenarios and scenes. Like, there, were a, there was a bar scene, and, you know, drinking was, like, heavily... And I guess that's the absinthe reference maybe like that's the only thing that i remembered from macbeth was like wasn't is absinthe wasn't that a no potion? absinthe is from the no no like hemingway would write about absinthe in the 20s and stuff like that hemlock i'm thinking maybe hemlock yeah but they he goes to the witches after and they uh they make a nasty ass brew and they tell him to drink the shit and he sees like these like visions yeah but right. some of the ingredients are yes, like sir. Uh, Big spoilers. Liver of blaspheming Jew is like one. <laughs> like, right. What the fuck? Right. Let's find a Jew who's a blasphemous and then take his <laughs> liver out. And, and then they also have a, the the finger of a of a ditch strangled babe. So so one oh, woman who has a baby, she just throws it in the ditch. But they cut off the finger and they they put it in the in the stew and he drinks it. All right. So maybe those that. Are the, those are the ingredients for a country club. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explain your diarrhea. Um, all right, so on that note, do they have a dude's head at the end? Someone holding a guy's head at the end of the play? Yeah. So um, <laughs> Jim's head. <laughs> by the way, stop. Yeah, his business partners. Yeah. Yeah. Stop hiding that country club too. Oh yeah. 
Well, I wanted to save it for this scene that Sean so perfectly timed. So, uh, can I just interject one thing? It's yeah. funny. I, I got taught to play like twenty times, read it so many times. So over the years, I'm able to like recycle my jokes and stuff like that. <laughs> but in the Roman Polanski scene, when he goes to see the witches and he drinks the brew, it's like a whole room full of like seventy year old women topless some of them really overweight like huge huge ass titties so when that scene comes on i'm always like rack city rack city (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of mileage as it should that's that's a good one um so okay so based on that what you had just said i'll I'll just kind of because all of the other things were just as curious and suspicious, but you know, well performed, but no, nothing uh, erotic or, or that bizarre. At this point, you know, let's call it. I'm an hour into this experience, and and I'm like, what? Now I'm thinking about like, what, what the hell is my wife doing? Like, where is she? And like, what is she experiencing? <laughs> and then, of course, like classic moment. My mom decides to FaceTime me, like FaceTimes me. And so I didn't shut my phone off. And so now we're in this like bar scene. Face, where the, does she regularly FaceTime? FaceTime, yeah. She's like, yeah, like FaceTime. Of all I things. need to I see know. your face. And yeah, and you just can't just like mute that. It's just no. like, brrr, <laughs> and then I must have like, I'm like just patting my, like hitting my leg, just trying to shut it down. She's like, hello, oh, no, I can't see anything. Everything's black. Jimmy? Everything, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, shit. What's with the mask? And, and, and so, <laughs> thank you. Like, <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. But, but now She's it's Edith like. Bunker. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Cut it out, mom, in the middle of something. <laughs> like, there's this beautiful woman <laughs> dancing, like, Edith this Bunker. this very interpretive, interpretive dance, and, like, people are just up against the bar, just, like, intentively watching them. Hello? Where are you? Pick up. I, I can't see anything. And so, thankfully, I had my, my Apple Watch, and I was able to just disable it there, like, in, you know, just com- you know, completely mm. um, hidden from everyone else, and so I didn't look like the asshole. And, and so, so, again, we're an hour in, have no idea where Heidi is. See, I can see myself being, like, like panicking, like, I can't find my wife. And then being like, don't be the dude who like rips off your mask and starts yelling for your wife in the middle of the fucking thing. And and it's funny though, because I thought about that. I'm like, there has to be someone like, you know, like, hey, it would be a cool idea if we did mushrooms. Yeah, that's what I, you you know, like, and I'm like, it sounded like it was suggested at the moment. They had to be there, right? And so, yeah, some of these dudes probably have done it like numerous times, right? I, yeah, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. We got to go back and bring shrooms. Well, that begs the question, will you, well, maybe we'll save it for that. Would you ever return to it? I guess we'll... I, you know... Well, yeah, so I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll kind of let you know where we, we ended it, but... Um, so so we... Oh, so on that point, Sean, like, they do have, like, these, um, like, hall safeties, right? So they're all dressed in black, and they have black masks, but they're only half so you can see their mouth, and so it's like if you get frightened or lost or whatever, like, if you needed to find the bathroom, like, you ask one of these these wallflowers, and, and mm-hmm. Volcom just is like, hey, and so um, I'd imagine that there have been over the course of this play, you know, someone just freaking out, like their face is melting and <laughs> they just all ass. And so, so anyway, um, navigate back into another room. Now things are starting to like, was this the room that the tub was? Because it looked familiar. And then I'm like, how big is this building? And I'm just kind of like in a maze in this absolute lab- labyrinth. And I, I just can't figure out where I am. But sure enough, there is everyone. 
I see my client, his wife, and Heidi, and I'm like, okay, we're si- like we're we're together, and it was just random. And so I could tell though something was brewing in terms of a big dramatic, like not not a finale because I'm an hour and fifteen in at this point, and there's still you know an hour and forty minutes left of this, and and so two women come out and they are just like club music is playing like techno and strobe lights and like they're like aggressively dancing shirts are being ripped up more naked people right like (laughs) more naked people (laughs) then it's getting weird because now this goat head naked man full dick full dick out goat head man crawling on the floor with like a baby like a bloody little baby and it's like now the music sounds like exorcist like <laughs> and now they're in this big thing and it's like oh this is an orgy like there's there's some type of orgy or like murder scene happening and this lasted it felt like 30 minutes it was probably 10 but like sensory overload dick this far from you you know like naked women this far from you baby like fake baby crying music just insanity my client comes over to me he's like I need to be normal. Can we leave? <laughs> I'm like, yes, let's get the fuck out of here. Oh, you didn't see it through? No, that scene ended. That was like the break. So that scene ended and we just like all collectively like went into a hallway and we're like, what the hell <laughs> was that? And what is this? Like, what did you bring us to? Number uh, one. And so we kind of went into the, like we tried you to You didn't find- leave the building. You just left the room. Well, that scene ended and we left the room. Yeah. But then we kind of went in and you can tell there was like a change of house or something. Like, I don't know if the actor, but there was like a lull. And then we found like this beautiful, it almost was like a Christmas lodge. You know, there was trees and, and we're like, let's get out of here. He, he basically said, I, I just need to do a normal thing right now. Do you want to like go to a bar? And, and we're like, yeah. And yeah. Like, how do you separate like and go to the bathroom and pee next to some dude in the urinal? This dude's a client. You just said, it. fuck no, we're staying. <laughs> <laughs> Your shirt off. Yeah. What are you talking about? I anyway, love this. that is not Macbeth. That is like yeah. a bunch of weirdo nerds. Like, let's do Macbeth interactive and like with goats and dicks and shit, bro. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I kissed mean, well, it. It's funny. You're like you're like the butt of the joke with your like the fumbled and bumbling Jewish kid. His mom's calling him on Facetime in the middle of all this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, oy vey, ma. So yeah, and 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 again, I looked at my watch and it was an hour and thirty minutes, and I could not imagine experiencing that for another hour and thirty minutes, right? And so we left, and then we just went into like a classic New York City kind of dive bar. Recollected our stuff and scores. No, then we ended up starting talking about business again, and like the wives were talking. Please it, don't judge me on that experience. <laughs> yeah, so that did was, the guy know Shakespeare? He just nope. He just heard about this, and now this play is like people know it in and around New York. And where's this? Where's he I, from? Is he from the city? Well, yeah, like uh, upstate. But the, yeah, he's see. I'm on like I see Shakespeare all the time. I get like Google alerts on Shakespeare stuff and. This was never. This thing was never on my radar. Mm. Not to say I'm better than that or so anything. I, I just, I, I just surprised I never even heard of it. What's that? It's a dirty underground Shakespeare. I guess so. Yeah, I've heard of like shitface Shakespeare where people go and they, you know, they watch it and they drink shit-faced. and stuff like that and it's fun and it's like in parking lots and stuff like that. But yeah, well, it's called Sleep No More. Um, mm. Now again, I for a night out going it like now that I know. I don't think I would go back because I know it's three hours and like I, I feel like that's experience, that experience is enough. I mean, 
but I will say for that hour, I was immersed and I, I was, mm -hmm. I, I kind of like let myself get into it and just like navigate and like, I wasn't trying to reach out to Heidi or I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll play by the rules. And was she panicking? Was she looking? No, but she started sending text messages and I, again, used my watch. To shut her up. <laughs> to shut her up. <laughs> All the freaking women in my life. Yeah. So I, I scribbled and, um, you know, and, and she was like, why are you being shady? Like, I'm in a room. My dick is out. Leave me alone. <laughs> but thank God, though. Thank God. We all reconvened at that final orgy death scene. Because, Fortuitously. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so that was my Friday night last, <laughs> last <laughs> week. Um, so, okay, okay, so we, we debunked the entire association between Macbeth then because I, you know, not to say that I was genuinely interested to, like, pick up a Shakespeare book and read Macbeth because of this, but I just thought of you, of course, and, and wanted to get your interpretation or at least um, description of it. And I think he came to the conclusion it was bullshit. Yeah. But we'll all go see Macbeth sometime. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the real thing. Yeah, you should take us on a something. Yeah. Take okay. us into that world. True. We can do that. A Shakespeare dinner Maybe cruise. Maybe in the summer or, uh, you know, sometime. What was your What was your favorite um, play? Oh, man. That That's you saw good. live. Not that you've read, but that interpretation. I saw live was. probably was, uh, I saw Othello twice, and both times I saw it was awesome. Uh, first time, I don't know if you guys ever watched that show, Ray Donovan, but the no. guy who plays the title character his name is Liv Schreiber mm -hmm. uh, you know what he played also he played screen. Iago in the play and he was amazing mm. and then like 15 years later I saw Othello and uh Daniel Craig you know the guy the uh James Bond most recent James Bond guy yeah he played Iago and David Oye Loa who would play Martin Luther King in that movie Selma maybe I don't know if you saw but the guy's amazing he uh, that was good but uh those are probably two of the standouts, I would say. Yeah, really. And David Tennant, I don't know if you know him, but he he's a British actor, plays David Who, uh, David, no, Doctor Who, sorry. Um, and he played Richard II. I saw that in Brooklyn. But I've seen a couple times, I've seen two Shakespeare plays in one day. And now my Joanne, my wife, is like, never again. Really? Like Why? she put the kibosh on it. Because it's just like <laughs> yeah. six hours of Shakespeare in one day. Oh, wow. and like your body starts to ache in the, in the seats and everything. Yeah. Well, nothing like a cock in your face will wake you up after... Uh, Most deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours seems like a long time. Like, I would think um, if that experience was an hour and a half. Fine. Totally different. Yeah, like, totally right. into it. Recommend it. Go for it. And then they promised, you know, a continuation or a different experience next time. Would Then, you know, I would think they would... Well, it's funny that you say that because the email that I received the night of the show maybe an hour before the show they say we strongly encourage you to come to our cabaret after the event so oh, it was like God. even more <laughs> so they were just like upselling and there's been no shortage of emails within the last seven days just wow. pounding just mm -hmm. all theater all theater but you know it's it's a production group out of england um it's been there for a few years now and and it's funny because now that i tell this story people are like I've been to that. Mm. I'm like, you cheeky monkey. <laughs> How do you not talk about this? Mom! <laughs> Maybe it's an underground thing. Like, if you confess you've been there, you're, like, in the, like, weird orgy stuff. Yeah. I bet you there's a couple creeps that go there every week. And they go right to scores. Now, and talk about strategic placement. 
Like <laughs> you were all gooned up, yeah, horned yeah, up. Could you imagine? Over across the street. Yeah. Mm. Mm. They need to put it back in 1970s Times Square. Yeah. Right to the peep show. So, <laughs> they do that shit outside in <laughs> the 70s. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, speaking of 70s, so it's Macbeth. Speaking of literature and weirdo stuff, years ago, the kids in my class are like, Yo, did you ever see the movie Clockwork Orgy? I'm like, You mean Clockwork Orange? They're like, No, there's a porno called Clockwork Orgy, and it's all based on the book. They're like, You would love it. (laughs) (laughs) These are freshmen, you would love it. They're like, You would love it. It's like porno and literature. No, I wouldn't love Do it. Do your favorite thing. What's the name of it again? <laughs> Let me jot down this URL just to write a... Just to make it safe for people. Kind of write myself a strong letter. Yeah. So keeping on the, the vein of uh, weird shit. Country Club? This stuff is awful. Yeah. Is, it, is it bad? You're not even drinking. You're drinking kombucha. Yeah, just I so totally, the audience doesn't know. Yes. He's the other one was going bad. healthy. Yeah. He pulls out a Country Club and the rest of us yeah, are drinking. Con- He's drinking country kombucha over there. I'm waiting it for Bill sucks. To, to hand me a... Uh, the other yeah. one's yeah. okay. <laughs> no, this this, asked like this the best one. Oh, I didn't have that. I had yeah. the other one with the rooster on the cover. Yeah. Check <laughs> that one's badass. The cock. Yeah, I totally recommend the Carta Blanca. What does Famosa mean? Famous. I don't know. Famous cock? Uh, maybe it doesn't mean famous. It's just like what white people think it means. I just want to go on the other Famosa. Holy yeah. shit. You know what's funny, though? This tastes like kombucha. Right? <laughs> is that, which one's that? The country it, club. Do you like, no, the, no, no, do you like the kombucha? Let me taste it. I don't oh, I care it. for the taste of it, it, but I'll yeah. drink no, it. That's, oh, that's carta blanca. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it's that bad. Country yeah. club tastes like if you threw up and you strained out the beer from the vomit, like the rest over like beer, that's it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like constant, uh, what do they call the shit at the bottom? Dregs. Backwash. It's like all the backwash emptied into 140 there. <laughs> the dregs. Dregs. Shit. Yeah, so um, it just got me thinking, like, all the weird stuff, like how, how it's popular, but then also weird. And I was thinking of songs, like popular songs that if you, like, really listen to them, you identify, like, weird ones. And so then I got into, like, this weird, not a rabbit hole, but... You know, I think all I still blame the Beastie Boys book because they they talked about all of the samples and like the original songs of like a lot of their beats and what have you. So if you kind of like go through that catalog and listen to those original songs, oh, uh, when you go like some, like Lee Perry and all these yeah, people that they dug yeah. up like obscure stuff that yeah that wasn't ever on our radar. You just kind of yeah. get it th- through there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can give you an example right now if you guys want to get into it. Like, I'm right. sure, I'm, I'd imagine because you guys are the most well-versed music people that I know, <laughs> well beyond <laughs> me. So I, I'd imagine that you guys are pretty quickly can pull up a a nice uh, repository of songs. But but anyway, so w- with that, um, with uh, the Beastie Boys and like weird songs, I came across, and we all know it, and I'm sure it's probably it has to be ranked one of the most sampled songs in the history of hip-hop music, Genius of Love. We all know it, right? It's a classic beat. Have you ever listened to play it? This, play when they no, speak the words and they start singing. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, so you know the song, right? Like you've mm-hmm. heard this beat in every like 80s hip-hop. No? I guess. It doesn't sound that That's like Sugar Hill shit. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so... Got the bass. Oh. 
Most rec- yeah, most recognizable sample, right? But then they start singing. I love when they start singing. You don't? Yeah. I, I didn't say I didn't like it. I just thought I was like, okay, this is kind of a weird thing. What you gonna do when you get out of jail? I'm gonna have some fun. <laughs> what you gonna do when you get out of jail? I'm gonna have some fun. <laughs> and then, and then oh, let's have this conversation. What do you consider fun? Fun, natural fun. Fun. Just natural fun. <laughs> yeah. Just natural. You don't want to get locked up again, so. <laughs> so so that so then like the the rest of the narration is kind of like oh you know we, my boyfriend's kind of cool and he's so nice and then you know then they just kind of go into like weird little transitions. Sample this part in other songs though too. I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the, this coming up, and then it's just like, all right, you know what? Got a nice little melody going. Let's let's throw in some. I should add that I don't know this. I never heard this. That's, that's remarkable. Ever. Don't know what this is. Why not? Why not put the Jersey <laughs> Devil in there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and, and then so a little bit um, further down the song, they talk about. So they went insane doing some cocaine, but then you know what? Maybe it made them talk Japanese. <laughs> So yeah, um, it, it's, it doesn't get, it doesn't stop there. And then of course, after you, know, you get out of jail, you have some natural fun, you have the, you love your boyfriend, um, you go a little insane on cocaine, you start speaking Japanese, and then you just want to give a shout out to. James Brown. James Brown. My father used to say that shit like all the time in the car, like James Brown. As a kid. <laughs> he was rocking this song. Yeah, I guess he so, must have been, yeah. I think I love this song. I heard this I, song not too long ago, too. Like yeah, on a, maybe on a Mike so. D playlist or something. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, it, yeah. you know, just being in the weeds with the uh, the Beastie Boys book, you, you just kind of follow this catalog. And, you know, of course, we've all heard. I can't believe you've never heard that no. sample. James no. Brown. Not even the music. I, don't, what's the, I mean, there's, I there's guess definitely if you a song samples that it's, from it, it would remind me of it, but... Shit, wow. I never heard this. I, I've heard it a million times. I don't know what the song who, who's the that singer? made it big. You know they're, they're called the Tom Tom Club. Yeah, uh, but who, what what uh, hip hop group or outfit sampled that? What made it big? Yeah, like, yeah. why would I heard Grand it? Grandmaster like, Flash. Yeah, it's got it. It probably is. It probably is. Something, uh, yeah, someone like a, like along those lines. Like the early heads. Early. <clears throat> OG. Yeah. But, then, but I think Chris when they were rapping about having fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have more fun than you. <laughs> I know, it's like, that's when rap was the best, and they would just talk about their day. Yeah, you know, just like, yeah they always did. Yeah, it started yeah. in the morning. That, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and just talk about playing basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I took a nap. 
Yeah, we go from that where they were that descriptive and tell you a story. And I don't know who this guy is. You ever hear this song? They play it all the time in the bar. It's like I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't give. A, that's the yeah, fucking lyrics. About that last time. Oh, it drives me nuts. I don't know who the guy is. It's so bad. I can't believe how far hip hop is falling in the mainstream. Yeah. There's, there's no. As far as I can see, I'm the old man. Like, get the ball <laughs> off my lawn. Like, you damn kids. It's terrible. Well, we, though. Maybe a little bit later, we can go into some uh, newer hip hop. I think it came across a, a nice playlist of, um, you know, 2017, 2018 artists that, that aren't bad. That aren't, yeah, I, I don't know them. That's where, like, yep. I've, I've gotten turned on to a couple things, and it's like gold when you get it. Like, oh, this yep. is awesome. Cause All right, Bill. So I, I'd imagine you, you were always very nuanced with your. Uh, wide range of music knowledge, 70s, 80s. Mm. What do you got? Do you want me to pipe something up here? Uh, you know, it's funny when you when you had first requested that we think of things like this for songs like this, and Dan. This is supposed me out. to be spontaneous. Oh, yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> when I never thought about it, I was Fucking thinking. <laughs> wall. I didn't do my homework. Dan called it out. He said, "Oh, something about rape songs or something. I don't know. Rape songs. What? Do you remember wow. Dan? Dan Dan's an yeah. asshole. I know. Intern Dan. Are you? Intern Dan. Yeah, he likes rape stuff. I think. God. I have... never knew that about him. But... but it turns out there's a there's a lot of songs out there that are creepy in that regard. That are a lot of songs about underage stuff, and it's like a lot. Like yeah, a lot. There is. Did you ever see the Will Ferrell SNL skit where he's like some like kind of like." Piano player from the fifties, and every song was about she's thirteen, and I love her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that yeah. out there. There's one song, "Young Girl," by Gary Puckett. Oh, shit. and the Union Gap. What, what is it? Young, Young girl? girl, Young Girl, got out of my life. My love for you oh, is. Oh yeah, or, yeah. Union I, I Gap. Love you is way Union Gap line. sounds dirty to begin with. <laughs> Better yeah. run, girl. Way out of line. <laughs> this was on WO, like every radio yeah. song. Meanwhile, it's about a dude who's a pedophile. <laughs> you better run, girl. You better run, girl. I'm mu- you're much too young, girl. With all the charms of a Gary Puck is like, I'm gay, so what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> So another another weird song that, mm, that is good, the Carta Blanco. I told you, know you that's the cleanest one. I got one along I like those Famosa. lines. I think I like Famosa. What do you got? Really, really uh, Conway Twitty. You've never been this far before. <laughs> this is a real fucking creepo. You guys all went with like no. Uh, I just he he reminded me. I actually thought he was gonna. I was gonna guess. Bill, let me see. Baby, it's Conway it's cold Twitty. Outside is such a weird <laughs> song. That's <laughs> so sick of people right? saying that. Uh, you've never been this far before. It's oh, it's, I think he did it. Conway you could actually put it on the screen. Country deck, old country. I can almost hear the stillness as it yields to the sound of your heart beating. Bum, bum, bum. All right, I mean, that's I can almost hear the echo of the thoughts. That I know you must be thinking. This is nice. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. And I can feel your body tremble as you wonder what this moment 
holes in store. Bum, bum. I can feel the tourniquet around his neck. And as I put my arms around you, I can tell you've never been this far before. I guess the premise is that it's a creepier, a creepier old man talking about someone's first time. Like how that guy's getting. He was old when he sang. That yeah, too. Like he was like old gray hair. It was yeah. on like a Grand Old Opry. Here's yeah. Conway Twitty. Do you ever see Family Guy when they just they'll end a show? The last ten minutes will be Conway, Conway Twitty, Twitty live time. Just do it, ladies and gentlemen. Conway Twitty. All right, so yeah. he, he, here on the opposite end of the spectrum. This was a legit radio hit in the 70s, bringing it right from church. You, you're familiar with Sister Janet Mead? No. There's definitely a dude. That was a hit. That was a hit. 1973. There's definitely a dude with a keytar next to her. Yeah, <laughs> a keytar. <laughs> All right, Bill. What else you got? I know that you ha you must have a list. I mean, I'm, I'm putting the pressure on you just because you're you you have always pulled the most nuanced reference of music. I don't know, man. And I've always searched. I got it. one. All right. What do you got? So, oh, shit. Oh, broken know, mic. Don't say too live crew either. <laughs> <that doesn't, laughs> uh, Dirty no, nursery rhymes. Here's one. Uh, right, pop no. that pussy. <laughs> S&M and bring your dick sucking friends. <laughs> Welcome to the fuck shop. <laughs> <laughs> was a that was a nice CD to grow up with. Do you remember you had to get your dad to buy it? Yes. To go to hell yeah. Camelot it was music. a cleaner version. Yeah. Yeah, my dad was like, oh, no, let's don't get, get this that one. crap. Get the and I was like, hell no. Get my the dad real one. Get as clean as they want to oh, be. Oh, fuck no. I got dirty as they want to be or something. But we went to the mall, the Camelot I gotta give music. My credit, dad, my uh, credit for my dad to get that. To get that. How old were we? I'm fucking 15. 15, yeah. At Man. least 15. Yeah, probably 15. Damn. Came home with that stupid <laughs> tipper gore. <laughs> all right, Chris, what do you got? Um, so I've heard this song, um, and we all have 7,000 times, and I just thought it was like um, kind of like uh, it's like a upbeat, you know? <laughs> right, I didn't right. think of anything. I never even fucking gave the lyrics a chance or whatever. Right. But put on the police don't stand too close. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know Don't that stand shit? so close to me. Yeah. You know what it's like about? I like never knew what it was yeah. about. Like teachers thinking about banging yeah. the student. Yeah, that's some dirty shit. Never yeah. knew that. Yeah. Line to line, and then he's like, he's into it. By Young the teacher. Is it, it, what's, what's the? First the line? Is that the? Official? Did he commit yeah. though? Don't, in the song? Yeah. Did he, he, he did the, the deed, or I yeah. think. Oh no, I don't know. Or if he just trying because he's attracted and he's trying to. Yeah. At the end, he's like, I think in the he's kind of dismissive. He references Lolita. Novel. Anyone read Lolita? No. Oh my god, dude. It's so funny. It's so awful, but so funny. 
There's I mean, I just where, heard there's this. a scene where she he makes her like get on top of him as riding her. Like she's 13. Yeah. And he's like fucking her. Oh, the Joey Buttafuoco. That, that, no, that's no, a long no, read a novel by <laughs> Nabokov, and he's and he's like reading the newspaper. He's like reading the funnies, the Joey comic. I know. That's what they call Amy Fisher. Buttafuoco, actually, it's Buttafuoco. I was searching. You're always gonna be whiting trash. Always. I was searching for the music, and then I heard like the Joey Buttafuoco story, the Long Island Lolita. Goddamn haircut. No Zubas. <laughs> All right, here's the police. Classic sting shit. Hell of a lead in. Jesus. I know. Come on. Get Hit on the with post. it. Speak over it. <clears throat> He actually was a teacher, too, an English teacher. Yeah. Sting. Autobiographical. Was he? Yeah. Oh, shit. Because we used to joke, like, imagine you had a substitute teacher and it was Sting, and you're like, nah, fuck it, I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get his two weeks. This girl is half his age. So this was like a hit just because of the the, the riff. Yeah, you know? it's just the hook, man. <laughs> the hook, you know. I just I was like, yeah, you're annoying. Get away from me. But yeah, it's yeah. kind of. Yeah. I always liked the way this drum sounded in this band, The Police. I always thought they sounded like like ultra crisp and yeah. everything. Yeah. The rhythm section. Yeah. He he's the bass player, right? Do you remember, like in the in the nineties, like that whole thing went out, like once he started doing yoga and the, you know, like he was preaching about the karma sutra. I only have sex for like eight hours at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, and then what like, a fucking bragger. <laughs> yeah, but then but then like ten years later, he came clean and was like, "No, I made that up." After he <laughs> I built know. His oh, did he really? Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was still blissfully unaware that Sting could only go like a normal mortal man. He's like, I, I just stupid. I only go for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what about I'm on fire, Bruce, Sean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? <laughs> yeah, it's another creeper song. <laughs> so and another. I have a song when you're ready. No, it's a short song, but I, I had trouble because I was like, I don't like, like gimmicky songs. And then I went, went in a different direction. Like, anything by the Eagles is weird to me because I hate them. Yeah, like, why yeah. does anybody really? like oh, them? God, yeah. I don't get why people like them. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Fine. Here you go. Now you guys can rail on me because the Eagles, I, I, I can accept. What? So what that, the f- that's my fuck? What do you like about that? I hate him. It's so yes. funny. Because you oh, can good God, E-A-G-L-E-S. And don't, what I the know fuck? that's why he likes the air. No, not at all. I don't know. Like, it's the same reason, like, whatever drew me to... Did you grow up around listening? No. No? This is a, the classic rock thing is just like a whole new experience for me, right? And so the War on Drugs, as a modern band, tied me to, like, going down and exploring classic rock because... I was always counter to you guys with the Grateful Dead and the Jam yeah, Bands and all the that fuck stuff. Didn't you ever come? So to thank the War on Drugs because to me that was like a modern day association of, of classic rock. So then it was like, okay, let me start listening to more classic rock. And then of course the Eagles are the easiest thing to pop up because they were the most popular. And it's like I, it's okay. 
I mean, oh I, I don't God, hate it. Man, it's like dentist office. I hate it. They're, really? they're, two, they're yeah, like two man. musical acts that I really, really despise. The Eagles and Bon Jovi. Like, I fucking uh, hate this Dude, shit. I agree I with both the them. Eagles. Oh. For sure. How didn't you, you never, ever... I mean, Lion Did eyes? you listen to the, the songs that I sent you for The Grateful Dead? Did you listen to... If oh, you're I listening to The Eagles and not listening to Grateful Dead, this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I've, I've, I've tried. I, I think... Um, yeah, I did the search. Like this was a while ago. You, you sent me. Yeah, this. he asked. He sent me a message when we were going back and forth about the dead, and he's like, "Send me five songs that that'll be good." I should have just put Four. it out. You should have asked yeah. everybody. Like, you give me your favorite one. Don Henley stuff, apparently. Don yeah, Henley. Yeah, that's what I said. You know, I, I love that. his solo stuff. It's just the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of them did that song? You belong to the city. After they were, was that Don oh, Henley? I was God. also thinking that when you asked about a weird song, I was thinking Eddie Money songs like. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Bill, do you know the Eddie Money joint? Like, give me some water, <laughs> some no. cool, cool water. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an yeah, Eddie Money song. Yeah. But Eddie I did Money. choose a song. You guys might know, but I love it because it's funny. And it was actually on my wedding playlist, but uh, it's called Sugar on My Tongue by the Talking Heads. Oh, We're yeah, actually yeah. starting to become probably... One of my like favorite bands of you know, all there's time. A, uh, there's a but it's so that- funny, This the last verse... Before the last chorus, he's like, he says, all my friends, that he, he references the friends, he's like, and they all ask him me, is this the time we're going to see her put the sugar on your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> but the way he delivers it is fucking so, like, comic awesome. Here you go, you know it. Yeah. It's fun. Just listen to the last part. Yeah. Yeah, like that's the talking head part. Yeah. <laughs> There's a... Uh Here it is, this is this part. Like that because it's funny and like every time I listen to it, it just there's a uh, Talking Heads tribute band show. going around like locally yeah. in Jersey. Everyone that I've seen that has seen these guys comes back and said they're fucking amazing. They we said it's go. really good. I forget. I'll get the name of them. They play Asbury a lot, but I. They're ever- Imagine if the Smiths and the Talking Heads reunited and did like a stadium tour. Oh my god! They would make like 
fifty million dollars each. You see, that somebody yeah. bum rushed Morrissey on stage a couple months ago out I think in they always like, do that. It, it was like, oh, he, they were reporting it like he was super hurt. Dramatic. He pour, he, he's like, oh no, but stop it. But people are still doing that shit. Like, why are why are grown men rushing the stage oh. for Morrissey? So fucking bad. Hey, where the hell, how the hell did you it take that? Weird. Oh god, yeah. It sounds like you gotta rub your fucking dog's head in the pickup. It, Remember how angry you got when Slayer came on? You're like, fuck this guy. Yeah. That's how I feel yeah. with the Eagles. Yeah, I agree with you. Even dude. This, one? this is terrible. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. I mean, it's a good what song. What made you gravitate it's, to it's, that? Yeah, I, that's the god. weirdest I mean, uh, fucking thing that you, know, you, you, you went that way. woman out in Hollywood. She's married to a you know a sugar daddy. She's not happy, and she's. Going Are you out talking about, about the lyrics? Yeah, Who gives a shit? You you her lie. Lie. I know. Oh, I mean, my jeez, this really god. speaks to. It's a good lyric. Damn. It really yeah. speaks to me. <laughs> I've had a hard day, and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. All right, what else you got? I got a grateful. Hey, I got a grateful dead beer. Do a oh, he gave the Conway, yeah, look up, the Conway uh, titty thing. <laughs> well, uh, look up ha- Hammer Smash face. What? Rest Hammer in peace. <laughs> Yo, so last night they had a uh, classic rock band in the bar, and when the when they went off to put the jukebox back on, the first song that came on was the Trooper. Oh, man. <laughs> take my life and I'll take you. St- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just give it two seconds. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we wait. No, wait. Just, you gotta. Just, get, just, you just, have just, to get the vocal. You have I to know, get the. I'm, vo- I'm sorry, but you know this is like I'm being trolled in real time. <laughs> no, right this. Now. Yeah, so no doubt. I wasn't drinking. I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to London in a couple of weeks. Do you want me to bring you back, Trooper? You're like, uh, I can get it like a block away. Right? <laughs> 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 Trooper. <laughs> All right, so I have no idea. Fucking bubble wrap it to get it on the plane. This is just—I've never heard this fucking song, but you got to play it till the vocals come because I know who the band is, and you'll be. This is just weird. Why people like this shit? I don't know. All right, I just want to say that I was disappropriately handed a uh, Iron Maiden beer and a a Grateful Dead beer. Man, can't wait for this version of beer. (laughs) I guess if you drink it, you'd be totally balanced because you'd be like, I want. Listen to the Eagles. Wait, did you hear that? That was the fucking vocal. It's like it was like knife just laughing at. Do you remember the uh, the weird dudes that I lived with in college yes. in South Jersey? Damn cat so, bit me. So like this is the type of shit that he would like do his chores <laughs> to and like hop on his lawnmower and like mow the acre or it's three acres of lawn like and you would just see him out the window like just. Fist pumping and just like ripping his headphones off and like pulling weeds out listening to, to this shit. This, yeah. You know what? This is a rabbit hole like, you can I go down about because people. this is of, of all the time I've known you. That's the strangest fucking little branch off of your life that you experienced for a little time. And maybe we should go into the stories on another podcast because it was fucking weird. Well, I mean, basically, I, I lived with like a first generation South Jersey uh, farming farming family that never left the boundaries of the White Horse Pike in Galloway Township and... and Tabernacle. (laughs) My my uncle was mayor of Tabernacle. I swear to God, yes, he was. My uncle was mayor of Tabernacle for a while. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. (laughs) 
But yeah, then what's we, that election process the, like? I, Raise your hand if you want Bill we, to do I was this. A, <laughs> his opponent came to his driveway and threatened him one time in front of me and my cousin. Of course he did. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, there was some weird shit. There was the, it wasn't a guy at Cutter. Then he had this other dude who yeah. was just fucking yeah. weird in the house and the was guy Willie with the beard. It was yeah. the Dungeons and Dragons. Then you, dudes, saw, right? then you <laughs> see some dude in jail too. Like yeah. that you, <laughs> 20 years yeah, after man. it was okay yeah. to play Dungeons and Dragons. They didn't give a fuck down yeah. there. So, they had so, to play it on the front lawn. Yeah, so the, the, the cutter was also a vampire and his mom was like head of the chamber of commerce like really well, like maybe the mayor of Galway Town, whatever the, this scenario was, but like Nine to five, he seemed like a normal guy. He was like an electrician. He was a union guy, and he did a lot of work on the. On he was the, very uh, polite very too. Very polite, um, but he just had this dark side, and you know. So I rented. I needed housing because I, I transferred to Stockton like mid year or whatever, and so they didn't have any campus housing. So I, I just found a room that was like two miles away, and it happened to be the most bizarre room. <laughs> um, it, this, he owned the house. It was on this dirt, dead-end road. He had two acres. His name was Kenny. And uh, he had a room, and it was, like, dirt cheap. And the longer I lived there, the more things were revealed. And, like, one day I came home, and he was in the attic, hanging upside down, because he needed to think. And he thought he was a vampire. <laughs> and he wanted to get some creative ideas before his trip to Japan or some shit. <laughs> and so... And Hi, then, Jim. Yeah. I know. that. <laughs> And then, um, and then, stupid purple face. Uh, (laughs) It's not as romantic as it is in the movies. You know, and and I found out because (laughs) you know, stupid purple face. I I I found out because the phone was ringing. (laughs) Jim. Yeah, no, it was. The phone was ringing. He's like, "Can you get that?" And I'm like, where the hell are you? I just hear voices out of the duckworks. His stupid shirts like fall into his like his nipples. No, no, that's where you, you can write a book of like a seemingly normal path of a person, and then the, the fucking wackos that you've encountered. Yeah, man. That we've been, I've been subject to. I was down at that house quite a few times. Yeah, that that was, we was had a lot of. Yeah, and then so, Chuck and Willie. Yeah, so Chuck was the the bedroom next to me, and he was a grown man. At thirty, you know, in college, I'm 19 years old or whatever. So a 30 year old is a grown adult. He had figurines, like toy comic book figurines in its box, (laughs) uh, hammered to his wall. Like his wallpaper were like... Big mistake. You put a hole through the packaging with the ha- with the nail. Then it's going to totally depreciate the price. <laughs> Goodbye, <and> value. <laughs> so, so he he was very good. Maybe he was like the forty year old virgin <laughs> with all his his toys. And then the, <laughs> the best part, we're all tied to this because the one day, you know, and he he would just smoke copious amounts of weed like nonstop, and he worked at like the Texaco down the street. <laughs> Uh, when the movie came out in the late 90s, the, the reboot of 101, uh, 101 Dalmatians, he was inspired to get a Dalmatian. Now, this is while the vampire was traveling to Japan and like cutting himself throughout, of Asia, throughout Asia. Uh, Ken, or Chuck buys this dog, this Dalmatian, and so Kenny comes home. He's not a pet person, you know, because he's a vampire and he might be too tempted to like suck the blood and says, you know, you can't have this dog. Mm-hmm. And so that's when these idiots had the house in Barnegat, and they were like, I'll take the dog. That's how you got that thing? That's yeah. how we got it. Yeah. That so, thing went through boot camp. So, and and that's the one that nice used to do. That. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at the time, knowing Chuck, I'm, I don't know, I'm making this up, but the, the dog's name was probably Spot, right? Uh-huh. You know, get it. 
And so we we get spot <laughs> and and bring it to Rob's Rob's house in Barnegat. Well, it wasn't just it, Rob's was, house in Barnegat. There was right. a couple other heads in there. Yeah. That, so it was the which one wants it on the phone? Doesn't he? Say again. Can we get the other one on the phone? He yeah. He, he, he texted, yeah. texted about okay. wanting wanting to call in. But it, um, it, it, all right. Continue. So, so so now Rob has a dog. <laughs> In this, in this flop house, like summer home, like it was a fraternity home, fraternity home, right? And so this dog was like a puppy, and so like I'm, I remember like when I bring it to you and I like give this like very ridiculous like adult lecture, like now. Yeah. Yes, you did. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is an animal that has feelings, and has you just feelings. go back and think of the house you took food. him from, you took her from, and the house you brought her to, and then yeah. you gave that lecture. In the middle. I know. It was, and I was like, no, you see, like you have to train it, you have to be disciplined, and Rob is just like laughing in my face, like. Next thing you know, he's tying shit to the dog, like I having did. it chase I its own tail. T- and I, I'm like, I, what did I do? This was, it, it sounds terrible, but it wasn't like, I mean, all I did was take the leash because I was playing with her and I tied it to a desk, to the uh, cabinet drawer. And then it went it, it back. Right there. Stop, please. <laughs> I, you know, he started I, that sentence. This was wasn't, all I did. But no. I, <laughs> You make it like this. I know, goddamn, the way it must sound from on the outside. But I was fooling around with the dog and I had a leash and on it from the pulling. inside. And it, it, from the she outside. backed up. She backed up and she saw the drawer move when she pulled it, and it scared the shit out of her. So she ran, ripped the drawer out of the fucking out of the TV stand, ran around like banged against the couch, banged against like there was a step up, and it popped. And the, so there was nothing but the damn cabinet door, and it actually sliced Bill Shriv's fucking uh, bass drum that was sitting in the living room, like sliced oh, the skin shit. off of it. And she's running down the hall with this drawer chasing her. And I am maybe not the most mature person in the world because I couldn't get up to chase her because I was fucking dying laughing. Yeah. I think Shriv was pissed, like, what the fuck? I'm like, I. I no, I remember coming home like on like spring break or something. I walk into the door, walk into the, the house. The dog wasn't abused, by the way. I see the dog like being chased by a fucking cabinet, like a treasure <laughs> drawer that's tied to it. I'm like, what the? I'm like, I'm ready to call the SPCA. And I'm like, what the hell? So, all right, so going, Dan's not available. I just tried him. But so, the, so we take Spot out of this weird South Jersey home, bring it into this fraternity home that we're living in in the summertime. Yeah. And we Wait, say... How, what are we going to name it? So we put a hat or a bowl in the middle of that dining room table. Remember the one that we would play Power Hour at? Yeah. In Barnegat, right? So we, we all wrote ridiculous names, Sean. We all wrote ridiculous names, threw it in the hat, threw it in the hat, and then we drew the name out, and it was... Shirley from Good Times. <laughs> so, well, what's happening? Or what's happening, sorry. <laughs> So we decided to name it Shirley. Oh, it would have been funny if you, the name was Shirley from What's Happening. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I remember. I, I don't remember Shirley was from What's Happening. I don't remember all the runners up, but uh, one of them was Rosalita Lopez. We were going to name oh, her. Yeah. That was like second. Yeah. That was the runner up, I think. It was Shirley or Rosalita Lopez. But it sounds terrible that he, when he describes that, like, <laughs> like this dog just came in. It was just a bunch of jerk offs that didn't, that could barely pay the rent and fill the tank with oil to heat the house. So sometimes, and she didn't belong to one of us. It was kind of like collective. So for at one point, Shirley was eating Cheetos for, for <laughs> dinner every day because that's all that was up there. It was a big case, like we, almost like we stole it from Frito-Lay. But yeah. it was sitting on top of the cabinet and it was like, I, we don't have anything else. Did <laughs> someone go to the <laughs> store to get like dog food? 
I don't know. <laughs> I really don't remember. I just remember there was, or there was a good solid week where she was eating Cheetos. <laughs> the dog has since passed on. From natural causes, she lived a long, happy life, so nobody called it SPCA. <laughs> it's, it's over just irresponsible kids, but... That Barnegat crib was wild. I only went there once. Really? And that was because Shriv uh, picked me up when I was staying in Belmar because he worked oh, at the Oh, you were up the there. Hospital. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that one night, I remember people like smoking crack in the bedroom. Knife drove his motorcycle, motorcycle. into yeah. the house. He did. He woke up the next <laughs> morning. There's a there Harley a in the flag kitchen. outside. It was it Was, was that the Retarded Square night or no? No, I think Retarded Square was in Dan's parents' garage when they went away. It was no, like a, Barnegat. Oh, it was in Barnegat? I was like a little scared. I was like a little scared of the atmosphere. It was like really... It was, like, it was like fucking like weird. Jim's <laughs> half-cousin, not-cousin, came over with like 20 people that night. Like it literally was like Revenge of the Nerds, you know when they was when they opened the night I was there. I think it is because that was the same night that Knife parked the uh, bike I in the garage. I remember it was in the kitchen. The so fucking there was a motorcycle. fucking knock at the door, and then there's this guy that we know is Jim's cousin, but he's not really Jim's cousin. He's a family member. You he know how that is. He shows up. And, and it was like the scene from Revenge of the Nerds when the Omega Moves show up and they just, and like Booger closes the door and more of them come in. There was like 20 people in the line just kept walking into the house. I think they stayed for like 20 minutes. Everyone drank bunch of beers they left a bunch of beers and then took off they were going i don't know where they were going mm -hmm. but then it, the night spirals out of control and the next morning i wake up on the couch and walk in and see the fucking harley in the kitchen <laughs> yeah i woke up i was like how the fuck am i gonna get back home like, <laughs> but that dude bryce gave me a ride home <laughs> i tried to give him money he just wouldn't take you it. ever talk to your neighbors no, I don't think so. Not that I remember. There was one dude. It was a funny story. The, the guy sees the cars coming and going for the nine months or so that we lived there. And it, this was a, a very small street in a, in a fairly big neighborhood. But it was one of those streets that's like a thoroughfare, connects two sides of the neighborhood. So everybody drove down it. And they could see the pirate flag and the cars going around. <laughs> I wasn't there this night or I was in bed this night. Yeah, the neighborhood knew. Some dude rolled <laughs> oh, up yeah. to our house and knocked on the door with a six pack of beer and a bag of weed and I think Jim answered the door. <laughs> He's just like, yo, could I party with you? <laughs> I don't think the first thing I said, why didn't you hit him? He's like, I thought about it. <laughs> That's a way to answer the door. Just hit him. The, yeah, because he, he knew like more things that he should know for a random person walking up to the door. Like, hey, I see that drum kit. You guys, you guys are in a band. I'm in a band. All You want to rock out? Like, no, get out of here. Yeah, he just he <laughs> totally was scoping the place out and just rolled up. And every once in a while, I'd hear people run. Like, if I was in bed, you could hear footsteps running through the yard. There's people running through the fucking yard. Like, uh, it was it was a very weird time. It was fun, but it was very strange. And the dog, again, what, lived what, and made it What out. time was more lit, as the kids say? Hmm. Barnegat or Wellington? Wellington. Oh, the Wellington piece. Wellington piece. Wellington was off. Wellington was a little more mature and thought out. He was off the moon, you know? Yeah. Wellington yeah. was more mature, more thought out, and more resources. We were just, and it was paid for, too. By that point, we were all making money that could support the fucking oil in the tank. Or, but but uh, the, the crazy thing is, though, it was no less strange and bizarre looking back absolutely. on the whole yeah. scenario. Right? Totally. Like, it was just a, it was just a, a step up. It was a different yeah. class of fun. It was, it was great. Like we could afford to do stuff, but then yeah. also somehow I was a teacher Yeah, <laughs> in that town. And you were really only in that house for, for like a year, right? Yeah. yeah. If that, what a weird quick. It was a great year though. Yeah, it was. Do you remember was. when I had the, uh, when I was coaching, uh, JV baseball. I had the team come over yeah, to watch. Yeah, you know, bring three dollars for pizza, God. <laughs> it's like, 
like 17 hours before kids were in the house, it was like Animal House, and then and it was like it was the only responsible the, me. What about you? You were calling. You kids were calling. Are, kids are like pulling joints out of the uh, kitchen um, and the uh, sofa couch, the uh, pillows and shit. Do you remember you were there that day? Because he fucking, he called the entire team and did the same shit. Oh, what spiel. did I do? Bounce, probably. No, no right? you were sitting there with us, and you just, no? kept, you just kept going, yo, bring $3 for pizza, God. Yo, bring it over and over <laughs> I don't remember that. Because he, he like told the team he's going to have a pizza party. Bring bring like three bucks. And you're like, yo, God, Based bring $3. Based on stupid shit. Like I remember at, at at the thing after knife ceremony that you brought up the fact, and, I, and Joanne was there, my wife, and she she's like, what a dick. Like to that, I said that, <laughs> that I told knife to tell Mr. B he was Uncle Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. And knife told Uncle. Uh, he told, didn't know any he called. He Mr. called him. B, he called him Uncle John. Yeah, he got he, it messed up. He went up to him. <laughs> he did, and you were laughing. We were all laughing. By which way, I was like, "You're a dick." Oh, man. Oh, I did. I'm What's sorry. That's the, the problem with telling him to tell that's black That's the problem with a powwow setting like this and alcohol. Because I was just we were going through. Because I felt like, oh, holy shit, our friend has passed, and we're telling these stories. Of a dude that sounds horrible, but we all loved him, and it was some crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, he just was, it was funny. Like, but was, I, the, I'm, I was, dead. I know, he that's what just, I, <laughs> no, but you told me, I think you specifically said, Knife, don't tell him, don't say that to him. And he, ah. <laughs> Uncle John, I think, and, and Mr. B corrected him and said, I think you mean Uncle Tom. Really? I swear when to God. When were they in the same place? Because he worked with him at the, uh, the bus was, depot yeah, uh, or something. Mr. B was. I'm sorry if I, I didn't. I. That's what I worried no, about. I was thought it was funny. He thought it was funny too. But it also, is. like, you're a dick. Funny. <laughs> like, what it an is. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, that guy was. He was a, uh, a great dude, Mr. B. He's still. I think he's still alive, right? He is yeah. still a great dude. Yeah. yeah. Is, I think he's is still, he alive. still alive. That's. I think so because there, so. there was something going around Manchester. If he was still, you know, it looked like he had. Past, but so, I don't think so he Mr. Did. B was uh, basically the the bus driving patriarch because he somehow spanned <laughs> multiple <laughs> multiple generations, and he's probably drives. He probably drove, well, you're not in Manchester anymore, but I wouldn't be surprised if kids I, that we went to school with, he's driven their I kids. I think now. he still might be. I think so. I, I think really he think. Be. Well, he may have driven kids in our generation, their parents, right? Yeah, he yeah. had that sign, Mitter. Mitter B. That's right. He really was a good. He was really a good man because you remember, like his his tagline. I was just fucking when I said that he would. (laughs) (laughs) I think anybody would say it. I know, but his message, his message on every single one of his buses was peace and love, peace and love, Mister B, peace and love. No, he was the man. He was perfect for making kids happy. You know. And it was Mister B B E E. No. Yeah, I think it was. Right. I think it was. So so. was his real last name B? Mm. (laughs) Mitter B. Miter, miter, be yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Bitowski. Do you remember like, that? You know, I don't look Polish. There was, <laughs> there was one time that they started doing. It was the only time in my high school career that they actually had roll call on the bus. No, I wait. think it was like your sophomore year, my freshman year, because we were on the same bus, and they rolled it down. And Kevin went. It had to be no, it had to be a year. Uh, I had to be a sophomore then, because they they rolled it all down, and they're like Kevin Winner. Kevin Winter, and then someone's like, yo, he stole my bike. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first day of school. That was probably Chris Brown, yeah. <laughs> now, seriously, you think Mr. B ever got laid on that bus? No. <laughs> ever? No. No. Like his net, never. He, he, was, he went to my mm-hmm. church growing up. Yeah, like he, he was a chorus man. He was like a God-fearing man. 
the other thing that he would do was, um, so each year he would have like the middle school age or like the elementary school or maybe high school, but whatever grade tranche that you were in, if you rode his bus and we're in high school and like got a gold medal in something or you know you made varsity, he would take out the news clipping and hang it uh. on his bus and say, that's, that's my, my alumni. So he would just like call out all the mm. no- notable. Legit, awesome human Good being. human being, yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're all blessed to have known him. Mr. Absolutely, B. man. <laughs> Mr. B, rest in peace. You didn't want to misbehave. I thought, he, I thought he's alive, you said. I see what you did there. What? <laughs> misbehave. I thought he's alive, you said. I, I, said. I, I can't imagine he's alive. I can't. I can't. <laughs> he's alive. I think he's working still. Stop. No way. No, he has to have cataracts. Cataracts. I can find out. Well, he could be in his 80s, I think. You know, so maybe he, say if he was in his fifties when we were, that's thirty eighties. That is true. Yeah, the math isn't working out. Yeah, like there's no certification. I want to say that right he was working to, to, to be a bus driver in your eighties, let alone seventies or sixties. No, mm. no, seventies. Sixties is still young. I'm having a hard time just one uh, deciding if the Iron Maiden beer is better than. The Carta Blanca. Not really. I mean, they're I don't on know. the same level. Carta yeah, Blanca the, is lighter. <laughs> it's, 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 it's charged the Trooper's flavor. malty is super That's super. really the Iron Maiden, dude. Trooper that is probably that. really good, like, on tap, cold, you know what I mean? In a pint glass, you know, like that. I guess. I don't know. That's Bruce Dickinson's yeah. brewery, though, yeah. I think. I believe. Straight up. Yeah. Where does Moon? Mm. Um, so the, this, this skeleton Iron Maiden guy... Eddie. Um, his name's Eddie. Does yeah. he have a name? Of course Eddie. he has a Eddie. name. Eddie. Of course he has. Drawn by Fuck. Derek Riggs. God. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? And by the way, I liked your little hustle that you had when you were in eighth grade and t- took advantage of Chris. <laughs> I know. Because you were the sucker that like, oh, that's cool. And you're like, all right, that's that's. Well, money. I don't even See, know where he got like it being from. being in the bedroom and watching it happen. I was like... <laughs> This is like weird. <laughs> this is crazy, but what selling the posters uh, at the yeah, window? But I was probably like, why didn't I think of that shit? I don't know where I don't know where he was getting. Where did you get him? Just the mall? Step right up, Spencer's man. Oh, you had it, you sold them that. They were so nice. They were felt that? on them. They were yeah, fuzzy. Number of the beast. That was giant, the giant uh, yes. live after death one yes. you had. With it was like the subway poster. I put it next. All the album covers. Yeah. I put, I put yep. it right next to That's the Samantha one. Fox one. one I had. Uh, the Samantha Fox and a Lamborghini. That was the Aces High joint. I had the Aces High shirt. It was kind of like stone gray. I want one now. I want an Aces High shirt. But in stone gray. I got to go with the Trooper, man. Or Two Minutes to Midnight. Whatever burnouts. Can I have the? <laughs> can I have the Grateful Dead beer? Please? I'm gonna try that try too. That. It might put you what? to sleep though, Chris. I don't know. I don't they don't make an um, Eagles beer, <clears throat> but uh, you know, that was funny the funniest part he, when you, it was like a transition too, because I remember you were selling him all this stuff out the window. Out, yeah, it was out the window. Out the I, window, like, like, like it was I like, wasn't his friend or no, something. No, it was <laughs> right. It was like a like his window, his vending window. He's selling Iron Maiden posters out the window, and I swear to God, this is true. I remember hearing in the background he's playing the Headmaster Ritual. Yeah, so it's like, like a transition I was from trying <laughs> to make money for Smith posters. It's going from Iron Maiden to the Smiths, and I probably had to get like propped up to look around through the window to see what I wanted to buy. You're a dick. You could have let me in. That, you know what? That's, yeah. yeah, that's like a classic scenario. If like I can't you're, see that one too good, but... It's like yeah. a little rascal. Like if, you're, if your parents saw what was going yeah. on, like, why wouldn't you just come to the door? What are you doing out of the window? I know, but I don't know. <laughs> Chris, 
It was funny. Just let him but in. then you think about it. It's Chris, raining outside. Let him in. Chris, you, know? you got to tell him that you were you shared a room with three of your brothers. Yeah. And it's not a big house. There no, wasn't a lot of wall ranch. space. There we was had... two bunk beds, mm-hmm. so there wasn't a lot of wall space for this shit. Fuck and... no, we had two bunk beds. I remember going it was like nothing. It was all tight, and oh, like all the ground brothers in it, but you were playing foot. EPMD. <laughs> 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 it was like so cool because it was everything was cramped up. But you know, you know what <laughs> makes me laugh now? I never thought My about. My brother would pee off the fucking, fucking top bed, bunk yeah. and shit onto the rug. It was like nothing. I would just fucking be like, "What are you doing?" Rip them down. The best is that I think about it now. There was four of you in there, but you made the decorating choice for everyone. When there was no fucking, uh, there was yeah, no yeah. <laughs> committee there. Yeah. But they no. kind of went with it, like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. No He Man posters. <laughs> Yo, you got the Iron Maiden piece? I have. Relax your mind, let you constantly for Don't let him in the house. <laughs> Don't, just go to the window. Go to the window. The thing that didn't make sense is like prior to that, I probably knew you for what, 10 years prior. Right. And you wouldn't let me in the house. That's so so, so really speaking nice. of that, hold on. It's very nice to He must have not wanted people to know <laughs> he was fuck? doing it. Like your mom, you probably didn't want her to know. No, I so. wanted everyone to know. I was drumming up, trying to drum up business. Well, especially <laughs> where your window was. Like the- and you would roll up this <laughs> fucking He's wall like size. He would have him inside. He was on an intersection. He was the corner property on an intersection. The whole fucking intersection gets you. the base posters, yeah? I remember when you sold the big one, though. Diane, go out in the street and start calling people over. <laughs> when you sold the big one, you know, yeah. it, it was like Eddie in the in the middle, and then it was like all the albums around yeah. it, right? It was like yeah, a fucking... Eddie the live after like, death. Eddie on the left, it was Eddie an on the right. One. Do you ever have... Um, you, do you guys ever have <laughs> a friend that... Um, <laughs> They wouldn't let you in the house like that was their rule, like their family rule. Like, yeah. Had, like, what is that? I don't know. It, clearly, this podcast wouldn't be named it if I understood that shit. <laughs> Rob's garage. Or the fuckers that have like a like a, a plastic walk mat and then all the yeah. furniture yeah. all plastic. Take your Do shoes off. That? Oh, shit. that was back in the day. It would be like all the shit would be fucking wrapped up in yeah. plastic. Yeah. yeah. I remember there was a time. The uh, whole couch. Yeah. Like, who the <laughs> fuck is laying in that? You yeah. get fucking sweaty. Come on, Jim, you have seconds. to have some relative that <laughs> North Jersey oh, yeah, has. God, you yeah. have to Windex the couch. Absolutely. That, that was, was an Italian much, that thing. Was, that, that, was a, a, that was a really. Yeah, that was pretty much me hoping that Jim had. We all went to the Olive Garden. I was fucking baiting. You one time we went to the Olive Garden and I remember the entire table laughing hysterically because of the stupid mural on the wall and he's like Aunt Row and Uncle Tony. <laughs> no, that, that was Nanny's house. Nanny's house. Aunt Row, Aunt Row and Uncle Tony. Oh, the Tony. purple Christmas tree. That's what. It was yeah, there. no, they had the plastic on their uh, on their furniture and we. So every Thanksgiving it was at Uncle Tony's house, who is going to make it on this podcast at, at one point. Like he's probably the best storyteller that I've ever met in my life, and he's uh, he's got eighty years of stories to tell, but. Going back to the plastic couch, uh, purple rug, shoes off. They, I don't know why they hosted Thanksgiving because there were so many goddamn rules. Like, do you want us here? Like, do you even want us here? Because, like, we all had to, in the kitty table, I was on the kitty table until I was 18 years old. Like, I was holding it up with my knees at one point. But the entire living room, and then you had the, like, 
the, the room that you could actually watch TV, and then you had the white one where you couldn't go in. Like, it was just yeah. like a white museum. <laughs> like, you just don't, yeah. you can't it go in. It still has the vacuum marks on the rug. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. God, we didn't have that. We left our front doors open. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we had flies and shit in the house. like Rob's Garage, you didn't get a real history of it. We actually walked around and took other people's furniture they were throwing out and put it in my garage. Yeah, the wall mural is funny because my. Uh, my grandmother and and her, my grandfather, they wanted to take, you know, they were first generation uh, Italian immigrants. And so when they, uh, you know, had bought the house in Tom's River, they wanted uh, a little slice of Italy in their living room. So they decided to get wallpaper. I mean, that was big in the you know yeah. early 70s. So because they weren't the most educated and well-read individuals, they decided that whoever sold them this mural was actually downtown Mexico City. And not <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all the same. It looks the same. There's like a donkey and a bunch of like, you know, like grocers, and it was Burro. Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandparents are awesome people. The ones that live right there by the 7-Eleven, Tom's River. Well, that, that was, yeah, my mom's side. Yeah. Yeah, mom, pa, rest in peace. They, uh... They were legit. Man. Yeah, yeah, they, they were, both yeah. they both lived well into their nineties, and and uh, Pa he he died with a full head of hair at like ninety four. Mm. Wow, crazy! But you should get your grandpa and your dad down here. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, well, my dad. I don't know. He 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 and Uncle Tony would be good guests. Great. Yes. Guests. Now, it, Uncle Tony still carry that picture with the uh, baby. He sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's this? this oh my God. <laughs> For and, but he would say he would. I remember the joke because then I tried to find it. I just another story, but he would carry this picture, and he'd say, "Oh, I have this picture when I was a baby," and he would show you, and it was a baby, and it was black and white in the crib, and the baby was standing. I was all photoshopped and it had like huge like man dick on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally, like, that so was, was funny as hell. And then I tried to find it because I wanted to play it off on somebody, you know. And I internet searched like baby with big dick. And I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, what the fuck? I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> it's gonna ping back." <laughs> True story. That, that was the first thing he did when he met Heidi. First he showed thing. her the picture. Yeah, come here, hon. Come here. It's the best. It's the best icebreaker. I like, he, he stands there in a group, yeah. and you can tell he probably doesn't remember us. But he kind of like he's standing there just holding court. When, it was a, it was Jim was going. It was when you were leaving for California, and they threw that party in the backyard. And he's yeah. just standing around there, and he's like, hey, hey, and he picks one guy out of the crowd. It was Shenny. He's like, look at this guy. Guy called a fair catch on a grenade. And like, I don't know. Start laughing. He's just like, and then it just got him going. He had like the Roger, Rodney Dangerfield kind of like <laughs> swagger to it. Like, yeah, you know, without the self-deprecating thing, it was more macho. Than that. Fair catch on fair a grenade. <laughs> This guy's the only guy who called a fair catch on a grenade, and I think he used the line like three times. Shenny's just like. <laughs> well, Didn't funny, your yeah. father say when he first saw that kid, it was like friends with Shenny and and, and <laughs> knife and everything. He's like, who is this guy? Fucking Don Juan? Don so, Juan. Cause cause he's so he's, ugly. <laughs> oh man. <It> was, yeah. <laughs> oh. And then on top of that, like he wasn't the most attractive looking kid, but he he was he was the same type of kid that decided to wear like four like sneakers four sizes too big like i don't like to compensate for something i don't know so then my dad started calling him sneakers <laughs> oh my god you are what i call the typical moron <laughs> yeah so that's that and and if if you were a hoople so if you did anything wrong during your adolescence 
that's how he would reprimand or try to give you life advice. You, you know, you got you to gotta stop being a hoople. Well, what the hell's a hoople? Not the hoople. You know, like a hoople. You, you do idiot things like a hoople. I'm like, all right. So. <laughs> Is that what hoople means? I had no idea. You got to no. get them on. You can get them going, the both of them. That'd be pretty funny, the difference between two brothers and, and the way they go on. Yeah. Like especially the, the endless well of shit that I remember that you said. Yeah. You're no. done. You're done. I'm 25. <laughs> you know, you know, when I first, in high school, when I first met your sister, I just thought your family was like super religious or something. Did you, did you think that or no? Well, I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a safe assumption because oddly. Like I thought it was like, there's no way like your sister would want to date dudes because she was like into Jesus or super religious or something like that. Uh, yeah, well, I think we all learned that that's not the case. But uh, <laughs> 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 I think... Um, I mean, that's a safe assumption because, you know, when she was younger, like, she went on a mission to... Oh, and she went to Asia. Like, she went to, like... Oh, like China or some shit, right? was in Hong Kong. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, that was the big thing for my mom. If I ever wanted to spend a night over in Rob's garage, the mandate was, you you can stay, but you have to be at church every time. Every time. So, like, he got up pissed. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? I would have to call from his... Because it got to the point where we started recording it because I'm like... All right, this is how oh, it's going to yeah. go. She's going to like yeah, hem and haw, yeah. and then I'm going to negotiate, and then she's going to bring up church. I'll say yes, and then it, like I can stay. And yeah. so Every did time. Did you always make it to church? No, not no, always. Not always. He actually won some of those where he, he got away with it. I don't know what it was like when he got home, but yeah. there was a lot. Like, no, I was fuck. just curious. Maybe that's how the rumor started. He used to get up. Because like, when I knew you in Knife, I was like... There was like no mm-hmm. sort there's of no thing God about religion. <laughs> there, was like no, there was no God. Everything was all <laughs> sinful. <laughs> sinful. We just use cuss words. That's all. <laughs> oh man, what church? What church did you guys go to? It was the Whiting Bible Church. Oh, and the so red, the red one. Yeah, yeah I went to kindergarten there, right next to uh, yeah. Boker right. Field. Right. Yeah, we yeah. all went to kindergarten there, and, and so. And that's funny though, because everyone's impression in in Whiting was that that was the cult, because there was a Catholic church, there was like a Presbyterian church, and then the Bible church. That was a rinky dinky one. That was. That's what you had out there. The red one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where was the red one? I don't remember. It's right Right there. Right by the soccer field. Yeah, by Boger Field. Yeah. yeah. Where did you go to kindergarten? Did you go to? Do you remember? Yeah, it was like Little House on the Kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was that shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. We all went there. <laughs> like, yeah. that, like, if you grow up in Manchester, that's where Which we're Which is crazy, because yeah. it's like 300 square feet. I know. <laughs> no, but... but it, <laughs> what do you guys... Do, what kids do about church? Just curious. What Say what? You you guys across the table with children, what do you guys do about church? Do you... We don't. I, do I you go. church or not church? I go. No. Yeah. No. No. No church. No. Well, I, but I, I'm I the only one. Those. I'm the only one in my family that. I'm doesn't really happy do it. to hear it, though. <laughs> I'm the only one, though. Like, yeah, everybody else in my family Catholic, right? Yeah. So, well, I went to Catholic school, so yeah. yeah. But everybody else does it. We don't do nothing. Part, part of the reason I go, um, well, just based on belief, obviously. But I, we go to a Catholic church now, and, and Heidi was was raised Catholic okay. and what have you. And so, but the the church around the block from us, it's obviously Catholic, but it is. Um, the, uh, it is 30 minutes max. Oh, the most yeah, efficient. They, mm. But the, the pastor, the father, his name's Father Paul, grew up in <clears throat> South Philly, has not changed. Like, somehow he's a deity, but also a guy from South Philly. So we hang out, like, casually, and he'll bring me no less than 15 cigars every time we hang out. 
we'll have bourbon. He's the most down to earth. Like we don't obviously, I don't give confession and like keep it. It's like a personal <laughs> hangout with like a 65 year old man that gives really great homilies and like good messages and a super cool. efficient. So it's like as an adult being experienced in, in what I had to go through as a, as a child, like this, it works for me. I think they have to do that kind of shit, be a little hip because they're going to, they're not going to survive yeah. generations to come. He, he it's would, in decline. He honestly would be on this. Yeah. He would be on this. Like he, he's all over my social media. Like always like he'll text me like just random things. Like he knows that like if he sees a house for sale, mm. he's like, Hey, take a look at this one. And like, I've got a smoke for you. He's like, you want to smoke? Like he just wants That's to That's kind of cool. I wouldn't think it would be like that in the middle of a city. Yeah. It no, sounds like great. a small town kind of thing. He's great. Yeah. Especially for a Catholic church too. That's like you're a small so, town <laughs> Protestant. That's Catholic? Catholic. Yeah. Wow. So, so the big thing, you know, like Lola, like we take Lola when we have her. And, and so she has, obviously hasn't gone through communion and mm. catechism and all that. And so Heidi asked him one day and said, Hey, you know, we'd like for, for Lola to be able to take communion, whatever. And he goes, have her read this book and then come see me. And it was like a child's book of like the story of the Bible. And like he would he would be willing to fast track. I don't think it's unusual, but if it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yep. So it's not my business. No, yeah. The church has been permanently 86 from my lexicon a long time ago. Yeah. Can't, can't hang. I get it. I get it. It was funny though back in the day when you used to do that. I gotta go to church, <laughs> fucking church. <laughs> My mom, I gotta negotiate. Was, church. It was so bad because that church was more like theology, and it was like an hour and a half to two hours long. Yeah, that's how of it like is. interpreting yeah. Bible yeah, verses. Yeah, they did. Dude, I had I had religion class every single day. Yeah, that I was forced like th through school. You have to have it every single day, and then once a month was like a school mass. Oh. And then I would, if my parents dragged me I just on wonder, Sundays, I think it's all bogus. But I just wonder who's happier. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> the no, people that, that go or the people that don't. It's go. true. It's kind of like yeah. I mean, if you, if you I were, mean, it's, uh, an, it's an age-old debate, right? I mean, it's. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I. I my personal opinions on it, I, I think over the last 10 years, seven especially, like my faith has kind of helped me mm. just from a personal standpoint. And so it's like, I, I kind of bought in and I'm into it. Like, it's like a good scenario. Like I said, like if it were another church or another pastor or whatever, father, you probably would. I'd, I'd probably hang back, uh, but you know, Heidi's been a good influence on me. Are you, have, are you, are, when you say you buy in, like, do you have like have a healthy skepticism of, I, of the my, stories and I'll, the, and I'll, the I'll, stuff that are like how it plays out in modern oh, society oh, and stuff. Shit. Like, yeah, no, I, I was I was hoping to avoid all of this, but, <laughs> no, but I think that's the difference between why I was like agnostic growing up, or at least into college, because going mm. being susceptible to the church in Whiting, where it was like, you know, every message was, <laughs> was literal, <laughs> and and it's like I don't I don't feel like I need to subscribe to that. Yeah. Like I can believe in a higher power or sure. some type of faith, like, but I don't I don't need to believe that someone's ripping but a that's, rib. That's interesting, though, out in the city that this is more progressive, like uh, yeah. like yeah. a difference between um, Catholic churches. Yeah. No, I mean there's because Catholic it's not like that back even. No, yeah, that, I think I think they have to adapt, especially with a new pope. They have to adapt, or they will 
go away. It's getting, I mean, it, technology and modern society forever, will phase them out eventually. Yeah. It's really, it's going to be hard to There's, do it. It's going to be still hundreds of years. It's sure, hundreds. You think it's going to be a long, long Maybe. time into the future. But but I also think that what you're saying there too is not putting it in this nice little box it can kind of be up to you like well, how do there, you there's an episcopalian church around the block that has a, a female priest oh yeah and that's like i mean gay female priest you know what i mean like, that would, so have been, it's, would be unheard like, of the, even the, short time the religious ago. experience here at least in you know where i live in my world is a lot more progressive than it was and you don't dread it you're not like oh. Like no, I gotta do it's, it. It's well, he's so an efficient. adult. He can choose to go or not. So yeah. if he chooses to go, well, it must be. I didn't good. know if, it, if right. you were. I always kind of pictured, the, like, a, I, and again, you asked the original question about you guys with kids because it does kind of add up. We've all kind of grown up with that moral structure that Christianity or religion has absolutely. Kind of, this right. country has kind of come up with. Yeah. And a lot of people use that as a, as a moral compass for their yeah. children stuff. I think stuff. there's a so, lot of value in that personally. And, you know, I think... Uh, I, and that's why I think I asked, because I think there's a lot of people who go for the morality of it that don't necessarily subscribe to it all the time. Yeah. They just kind of yeah. use that so, as but, a community I'm thing. I'm sorry I brought it up. I just thought... No, Because it, a big decision that you guys have to make that is obviously out of my world. Me too. That's where it's not really. Really. So I just wondered what you guys... Yeah, they, no. they have their own that? decision. I, that's how I feel. Once they get old enough, they have decisions to do whatever they want. We yeah, grew, I, mean, I, I grew up going to a church all the time. My father was very religious. In fact, he was, I think, before he, I mean, before his life ended, he was on his way to a path where he was going to be a, a teacher or a, or a pastor or something. He was heading toward that's where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. It's just funny that I'm going 180 degrees in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. and I just don't. No, I mean, I don't I, feel it. I don't feel it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, well, I can't. There's nothing more than that. I just don't feel it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I, you're a Satanist, though, right? Yeah. You heard the song <laughs> I picked, right? Hammer Smash Face, Cannibal Corp. So, a, a little bit of a transition, though, keeping, you know, church in mind. But um, just the other day, um, the World Trade Center. Oh, shit. Lit, lit <laughs> the. Uh, are you, you know where I'm going with this? They lit the needle. No. Pink. Right, and it was because of the passing of the the new abortion laws in New York. And now we're a room full of pro-choice individuals. I were to bet, if I were to bet, yeah. right? You know, we're all pro-choice. But New York Cuomo decides to just kind of we passed legislation that it extended the oh yes, term yes. of abortions, right? Which and is a so, little creepy, isn't it? So thank you, right? And where this is where I feel like now we can get into politics, like here we go. <laughs> like, you know, I'm fearing that because of this super right wing movement that has happened lately. We have these polar discussions about hot topics and now New York City, a left liberal city, is going to wave their flag in a way that, like, on such a sensitive topic, like, we can agree with the law, but, like, why wave that flag? Why go there? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's going there. Why put it in the face of the other person about late-term abortions is what it was, right? Which is scary shit. Like, I don't, uh, this is far away from me. Like, I I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to have kids and I'm not going to, it's just, but it's still late-term seems really really weird like I, I i don't know anybody personally that would opt for that or even pro-choice it's just kind of a strange thing to do and i mean there's probably a ton of reasons why people do it that i don't know anything about but to take that and be like yeah fuck you maga and like, you know, I, but like, that's but that's the problem like i'm i'm fearful that like we're not going to have 
I think we were you were talking about this last time. It's 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 just going to be so far apart, and it's going to be super liberal, mm. and that's what it means to be a Democrat. You mm. have to be super right, and that's what it means to be a Republican. And you know, any of these. Uh, yeah, there's no like middle anymore, right? Zero. And, 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 but the and majority no, of us are in there. This the fringes that are yeah. taking over the the spot the and spotlight. It's, it's scary. It's scary because the other option's not going to be good. No. You know, like it could be more favorable to mm. to Democrats, but it's still not going to be the solution. And I haven't seen any candidate come about. You know, it's still a little early, but I don't know. Are you aware of any sort of centrist <laughs> that's coming up? For I don't. I don't even know half the people that that are already in. They've already thrown their hats in, and then the prospective ones. There's people like. like well, that. It's, it's far left. It's it's all it, that dude. And he lost a fucking Senate seat to Ted Cruz at Beto O'Rourke. When you hear him speak, he seems like a normal dude, like like yeah. a really. I don't know where his politics are. I don't. I have no yeah. idea, man. I don't know. There seems to be like there's going to be, it's going to be a goddamn circus next year. He's like pretty a total charismatic, circus. right? Yeah, he, he was charismatic. He seems like a a regular dude, kind of in our age range, I think, and probably live similar experiences except for in Texas but there's yeah, nothing but I just, that's the best we can have is a dude who lost to Ted Cruz Ted Cruz right he so lost he, but they're talking about him running exactly for, and still they were all his confidence no it, it's, it's what's weird like you lose a senate seat but you're you're yeah, gonna because you were charismatic so. that they're gonna back you no, even no, I'm not talk, gonna pretend I know what the fuck I'm talking about like, there's t- nothing <laughs> I like more than church and politics <laughs> yes church we're in a bar this is the <laughs> hey so uh, but I think how about guns it's too late for someone in the middle though it seems like it's like yeah. yeah it's sad because the majority of us are there it's just so divided it's become divided like the ridiculous. dudes in the middle aren't probably a lot of us probably us i don't know but we're not as passionate and maybe they're not voting and so yeah, it's like a really silent true so yeah the, you ever hear those things about our generation generation x it's like well they what do they say about millennials they're like fucking annoying pain in the asses self-centered and baby boomers kind of fucked everything up and then we're kind of like we don't uh, really give a fuck yeah. yeah that's what no i just i saw something just <laughs> recently i saw something just that's recently it was like a meme. like motto it was like a meme or something like that where it was like the at least the millennials get up and do something gen xers are like ah fuck it like they they broke it down by generation it was generation yeah, it's X like the like, world is it. burning and we'll just be like whatever like, yeah <laughs> i told you yeah so per- per- perfect <laughs> yeah. example of that i don't know if you guys have uh been keeping pace of this, but there's there were two new documentary documentaries that were released about a week ago about the fire festival. Have you uh, I heard some? Yeah, I know slightly. I'm, I'm not even seen sure it, what that I know is. What about. Yeah, <sighs> I know what it's about. All right, well, it's it, both on Netflix and Hulu. Um, so basically, it was a festival that was billed to be like the next Coachella, and this was going to happen sometime late 2017. And, and Ja Rule was like the celebrity promoter involved with it, but the main, the main individual that sort of organized it was, I mean, he's in jail now, but he was a young, precocious, kind of 23, 25-year-old. We've all met, especially living in yeah, New York. Yeah, I think his name was Ja Legislature. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> Where are the sound effects? That's right. So anyway, uh, so this guy, this kid Billy McFarlane, who I'm sure we've all met some version of this person, but having living in New York in the past, I've met this person a million times. Not that individual, but this type of person. He's young, kind of smart, a bit charismatic, like. 
goes to clubs, like knows this guy, knows this guy. You think he's full of shit, but then you have a night out with him and you're like, wow, this guy's kind of fun. Like maybe he does know some. some he knows dude. Rich Reese too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely hung out. And, and so, um, and you just don't know if he's full of shit or like really making things happen. And so, I mean, he's probably at some degree of a sociopath, right? And, and for him to... Always, uh, always. <laughs> I know. I know oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, he was able to get um, millions of millions and millions of dollars of investment to help kind of promote and produce this this event. Yeah, right? and how do these fuckers always end up being able to do that? Because that's that's the level of sociopathic... You know, it, it's almost it an just it fucking balls. Like I believe in myself so much that other people come along. Because like, isn't is he it, coming out of yeah, something else? Though maybe I'm wrong. He, yeah. he has a couple. Has, these are like a di like maybe a few schemes. Out of, out of college, he he moved to New York and he tells this stupid story of like you know I'm at a club and you know it's like I wanted to you know impress somebody so I I cut a, my credit card out of a piece of metal and I threw that you know, card down and like people were so impressed. And then I thought, you know, why can't we have a credit card for millennials? And it's like die cast metal and it's mm -hmm. like an exclusive. So it, it was called Magnesis mm -hmm. and you know, he raised money. It, you know, had maybe 15,000. You just, you just put your own credit. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just like, an, yeah. a, a, a it's just a status symbol. Ornamental kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he had like 15,000 subscribers or mm -hmm. whatever. And, uh, you know, it kind of fizzled. It, it grew up in the, you know, like it blew up in the press. He raised some money on it, but it, it sort of put him in a in a circle. And I and I, I've seen this. You know, like if you can make a business and you speak to investors, like you're now in the circle and you have a reputation. So he used that, you know, with certain levels of like society events, going to clubs, meeting Ja Rule, you know, meeting you know influencers on Instagram because that's a big thing. Like he was just he, doing all the right things he at was the right just time. Doing the right thing, but then also having that dissonance of like I'm full of shit mm -hmm. versus like I'm I believe in all my lies and I'm going to manipulate and sort of make this all happen without having a plan. Could I ask you if you just quickly the, an experience I had with you one time at a guy's <laughs> apartment in South Street Seaport? Uh, Blonde oh, hair, oh, yeah, blue yeah, eyes, yeah, psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it's the same type of dude or, or like uh, that guy was a fucking maniac. Yeah, that guy was a maniac. But yeah, very, yeah, very similar. Um, I think that guy was more of a drug addict. That he was insane because that he, kind of lost his mind. Oh, uh, did throughout okay. That, where this kid, because the Hulu documentary kind of profiled him more from a personality. Oh, this disorder. dude you know personally? No, 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 oh, no, no, oh, no, no, oh, no, no, no. No, but this his name is Billy McFarlane. Mm. Are you familiar with the the Fire Festival, Bill? No, not very. There's right. two documents there, out and yeah. uh, documentaries and yeah. there's one like Hulu and Netflix did it. And I think like Hulu beat them to the punch or something, right? It was like a couple of days prior. Well, Hulu was first, but Netflix was a better produced movie, okay, right? And so either, Hulu hit their version was this kid was a sociopath at the age of four. You know, he was smart. He tested higher, but he would manipulate like he, they went deep into his personality profile where Netflix kind of went you know, it's a, it's a bit of a bigger studio, right? And so they, they, it was probably, it was well, it was just better produced. And so they went into the story of the organization of this festival. You know, it just, it, it followed a good storyline. Mm. Not until the very end when everything kind of collapsed that they went into 
this guy's personal profile and, and saying that he's full of shit and the way he would manipulate people were sociopathic levels. He had one guy who, he, he was a gay guy and he was helping the organizers try to pr produce this, uh, this festival and they were literally like trying to fly the plane as they were, they were build the plane as they were flying. Like they didn't have talent, they were lying about who booked, they were lying about accommodations. So this one guy, he was an older guy that was just consulting for the, the festival, happens to be gay, shit was hitting the fan where they needed to talk to like the mayor of this bohemian island, right? Mm -hmm. And so this guy, Billy, goes, hey, you're our resident gay guy, you need to suck his dick <laughs> and, and tell him that we need, you know, the airport's open or whatever the scenario was. Mm. And the guy is telling this story himself, the gay guy, and he goes, you know, never in my life I've done, I've accomplished this, this, and this. And, but for whatever reason, that you night I went into my room, rinsed my mouth with mouthwash, and I was driving to the mayor's office ready to suck his dick. Get the fuck out. He, like, so somebody of uh, prestige, somebody of accomplishment, yeah. this fucking crumb talked yeah. him into it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because so much was on the line, and it was, it was never going to work. They tried to produce this mega luxurious, luxurious um, uh, festival in like eight months. Wow. In, in some remote island off the Bahamas that didn't have the infrastructure. <laughs> and so what they did was they leveraged Instagram and Instagram models and influencers to promote this event by literally having an orange box on their Instagram page. And they were paying thousands of dollars to Kylie Jenner put this yellow orange box on your feed, hashtag fire festival. Sort of finding the right people. And it just culminated. And it just, and it just, it became bigger than it ever could ever materialize into. And then plus you had Ja Rule who was the pseudo celebrity <laughs> with it. And, but he, he looks like a, an idiot in both of these documentaries because he was just like <clears throat> tagging along and like, popping bottles like at, at business meetings and like just acting like an idiot. Like you could just tell there was, this wasn't going, this wasn't a well-run operation <laughs> by any means. And so it all <laughs> collapsed. And now um, not only was the island suing this guy, uh, investors were suing this guy and he's in, in, in jail now. Yeah. He's in jail. So, but I would recommend watching both of them. And one before the other? Doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I mean, Hulu to me was harder. Like, I don't have a Hulu account, but I had Netflix. But I, I watched Hulu first. Um, yeah, I would go Hulu, Netflix. All right, I'll watch those two. I'll start them back to back, and then you go on Amazon Prime and start a long, strange trip. <laughs> What's that? That's the Grateful Dead, Dead documentary. Dog. It's a, it's a really well done documentary. It was yeah. really, really well done. It's Martin Scorsese. Even if you're not a fan. Yeah, even if you're not a fan. I, I love movies and documentaries. Yeah, you have yeah. to watch it. I'll watch I the Eagles one. I never watched that. I heard that one. Feelings. Everyone raves about that stupid it's one. good. Is it good? Yeah. Favorite dead song. I'll play it right now. It's a touch of gray. I'm going to walk out. <laughs> I'm asking. No, I, I like it. <laughs> Better not be touching. Help on the I way is a dope song. Stella Blue. If you want to, what do you want? Live or, or a studio? Come on, what's going to be easier on you? I don't know. Who do I? I don't know. Who, Althea is my favorite. Althea, Althea from uh, Without a Net. That's a dope version. Althea without a live? Net. Yeah, without a net. It's yeah. Althea Studios weird. Fucking seven minutes. Yeah, just play a couple minutes of it. You know, or not even. Yeah, let somebody else pick it then. I like okay. the song The Eleven. It's like old, like early, early live. 
Yeah. Song? Like early 60s, like, like uh, I'm sorry, late 60s stuff. That... It's kind of like British fucking rock. You grabbed the studio version, right? Dude, don't get into, don't get into like the guitar and the riffing and the fucking jam. Just, you got to imagine just vibing. The feel. Chill. The feel of it. Like not. How, how I feel when I listen to the Eagles? <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> I, what's it? What's no. it? You know what? Um, Bertha, Oregon 72. That's a fucking dope version too. That's something. What did you send me, Sean? You sent me a playlist once that was like <laughs> Dick's Picks Volume 8 or something like that. That was really... Yeah, it was... Dude, there's so many Warf Rats. So, yeah, did you just say Dick Picks Dick's, Volume 8? Dick's Picks. Dick's Picks. Picks. Uh, that's like a There's like a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> he was a, a guy who cataloged their live stuff, and he... Uh, I, um, it was His name mistaken. was Dick, It was Dick Picks was Volume Dick. 8. It was like the first half was acoustic. And then the second half was electric. The well, second half know. was dick pics. Dick. <laughs> dick. <laughs> Dick's dick. <laughs> Another seven minute song. Uh, they're all, come on. It's the Grateful Dead. There's no pop songs in there. That, you know what's a good studio? Just listen to uh, Working Man's Dead. Oh, that's cool. Good. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Stella Blue. It's not bad. I can, I can dig it. They melted to a dream. I hate when the other dude sings. I know. I, I try to listen to it. I try to like, like it, but I don't like it. Oh, Bob yeah. Weir, when he sings, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's too harder. Much. There's yeah. some, there. he does do a... I guess I, when you're I know what you mean. high and like... It's taking me a while. Comes, you know, like I did the difference of it. Probably it's is not, cool when mm, in a concert. But. It's not as auditory, I don't know, pleasing as, as, as Jerry. Yeah, and, as Jerry yeah. was singing. Um, I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know what? I, I'll get, I'll listen to. What it do you like? Don't things. listen to anything. Watch the documentary. Yeah, first. watch the documentary first, and then I'm sure I'll love that. It, I, I'd honestly, love that. because ah, well, that's your step it, in. It no, actually, don't, watch, don't listen to these random like it's eight a, minute songs. It's a six episode documentary. <laughs> <You're not gonna laughs> <fucking get into laughs> there's a, there's a six episode documentary, and I think one of them specifically is the reason why one of the episodes is specifically why you hate them, yeah. and it was about the fans, and then it shows what it became in when we were teenagers what it it really exploded in the late 80s early 90s where it was just they said they like yeah we have, we're playing a 20,000 seat venue but 120,000 people show up right and that was and in high the, school when I had a yeah. deadhead girlfriend I went to one and I fell asleep but part of that was because I it was at giant stadium I was I, at that show yeah I literally could have climbed out of the stadium faster than getting down yeah. from my seat. I was on the last <laughs> row, very top. So going to a, going to sleep to a band that you know you really don't aren't into playing jam songs for four hours. I mean that's a fair thing to do. Um, I could if you didn't care, I could see that. Now it seems like blasphemy because I had never. You and I, I think you guys have both seen them, right? But the parking. Mm -hmm. lot you and I have fun. never actually gone to a Grateful Dead show, and that same deadhead girlfriend that that Jim described as part of my family and continues to bring up <laughs> all the time how about how she offered to take us and I'm like we just weren't into it no. back then I, I think we it just took, weren't I into it I think it took for us to be like old yeah dads it did we just I'm like I wasn't against it back then but not like Jim was probably more against it than we were at the time it just didn't we just weren't into it. Were we, we were you going. seriously at the same show? Is that possible? Was Trey there? Yeah, yeah probably the whole, the whole crew. Yeah, the parking lot yeah, was so much was fun. Like, that was fun. So much fun. Um, who was his friend? Who was like a character? I think his name was Ron, Ron Graffert. Ron yeah. Graffert. 
Like he 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 was just like everything that I. He that looked, just my brain hurt just because the whole thing. Like remember, he was like, <laughs> I know, right? He had that nose. He looked like one of the dudes from Alice in Chains, though. He looked. If you go back and look at him, he like that's all I remember. Alice in Chains. He looked <laughs> like him. He almost had like a pseudo squishy face. So, you know, as an impressionable teenager, I, I don't blame myself for not buying into it. So as as an adult, I'll give it a shot. I think the, it's the, the offensive part is the adult buying into the fucking Eagles instead of this by this point. I don't know, man. Like, I was a late bloomer. You don't have a fucking leg to stand on. This is terrible. That's awful. You, why, what is, what is wrong with the Eagles? They suck. <laughs> <laughs> Bill likes them, and he doesn't want to be. He, he likes want, a lot of shit. No he's shit. all That's nostalgic. He's his, nostalgic as a motherfucker. Like a hundred singles, like a hundred top. And there are right. hundred bad singles. songs. Hotel California. Not hundred. To you? Oh my god! Uh, yes. Yeah. See, I don't like that crap, but there's some stuff that I. Do. All right. Well, I don't have like. you heard the new Vampire Weekend? Yes. No. You don't like it? No. They're dead to you. It's a Paul Simon. Well, song. I mean, it's, it's one song. Even but. worse, it sounds like a Disney movie's the the song that plays at the credits of a Disney movie as the credits are rolling down. That's what that song sounds like. I mean, I like the there's that dead vibey kind of stuff in this. Have you heard this, Sean? I can, I can get lost in that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, the yeah, verse it's, is fine. It's it's the chorus is very like anthem like happy we took anthem. Took a vow in summertime. Now we find ourselves in late December. I believe that New Year's Eve will be the perfect time for their great surrender, but they don't remember. Anger wants a voice. This part. Is this the Disney part for yeah. you, Bill? It's skipping yeah. up. It's like two, two cartoon characters skipping up a hill. Finding Nemo. Oh, that was a long piss. What the fuck happened? That was the that was that's the new Vampire Weekend. Single. It's in the new uh, Shrek movie. Really? <laughs> no. Yeah, it did. It was corny. A, <laughs> oh, it didn't even get corny yet. No, but give it ten more seconds. You, there, I never got into like them. There's like a piano part that's nice, and it kind of goes into the Grateful Deady kind of thing, which is okay. But man, that chorus. I think the amount that we've talked about this, at the very least. Go to that stupid Dead and Company show across the river and just set this shit up in the parking lot. I think we lot. go to the Deer Hunter. That's cool. I love yeah, them. I, They're I, awesome. You know what? I heard that album's yeah, pretty good. I haven't. It is it. Yeah. really good. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. We got tickets, yeah. All right, Get we're it. getting tickets, babe. Set a drift on memory, bliss of you. I used to holy shit. Remember? I used to uh, piss Lauren off. <laughs> I would, I'd say, all right, imagine this, and I did this. Up, I'm not kidding, probably 150 times to her. I said, imagine if PM Dawn was hosting Saturday Night Live, <laughs> and but that you know sometimes like Justin Timberlake would be the musical guest, but I also like the dude does they do the monologue too. Yeah. So I was I always told her, imagine it was PM Dawn, but they also were like the, the host. Play it again, play it again. Musical guest, PM Dawn. 
ladies and gentlemen, Bimbon. And they come out into the fucking monologue. Yeah. And then the monologue opens up with the same fucking. <laughs> Who was that guy? That He died. He's gone now. But Not he was the, No, no. The, 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 the announcer from Saturday Night Live, he was dope. Uh, part of. And your guest, Billy Rainey. Yeah, that guy's voice. He was on the uh, Eric B. and Rakim like video. Chris. Video. <laughs> the voice. Winter 1992. Carmine's house. What? Sade is on Saturday Night Live. Chris had me convinced she was a man. Singing this song. And Chris just leans over like it was just late and we're what, 16, 15? Yeah. You know she's a man. I gave you all that I have. She a good jam. Yeah. My mom, I think, used to clean the house to that. Fuck that. I miss those. Stupid arguments that you guys can get into, like just down a rabbit hole, just going. You look like John Madden in Spin Doctors, guy, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. for hours. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> he said Chris Collinsworth, right? Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Shazevsky, yes. Coach, Coach K. K. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. He's a winner. He is a winner. He I wonder is. if I wonder if uh, Duke won uh, that game. Oh. <laughs> oh, this was a terrible decade. You know what? Holy shit. I wish Sean was here because Sean and I saw them. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my God. Why? Well, me, you, and, and somebody else. Why? Um, Where? Yeah, Cole won there, God. In Asbury. We were just randomly at a bar, and we saw, remember? We saw... Spin doctors? Spin doctors. Oh, yeah, it was random. And they were warming up? I'm sure it was random. It was with Rich Reese. Yeah. We didn't know. We yeah, just, didn't we just like, oh, we're 18. We can finally get in yeah, a place Yeah, we just went like into this. a place. And it happened to be uh, the And then like four months later, Stone Pony, that song man. came out. Really? The, it was like Stone Pony. Oh, shit. What's the, the song they had that was so big? The Two Princes. Princess. Yeah. We, we went in. Dude, we got there. Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. And the car, your car broke down. And so a police officer stayed with us the whole night. Until we got it fixed, because he's like, yeah, I don't want you white guys staying out here by yourselves. Right. You're right. Yeah. Oh wow. Where was it? What city? Asbury. Asbury. So that maybe that was fast lanes. Damn, was, damn, another fast lanes. Car got in front of fast lanes. You got a cold one, got. Cool. True. So your your car broke down. Yeah. What was um, what was your first car? No, this is a this is a rabbit hole oh. we're going <laughs> down. Oh <laughs> my god. Eighty one Mustang. Yo, yeah. can we call your blue. sister? Carolina yeah, blue. blue. I bought it from Jason, Joel Harris. Can we can we call Diane? Because her and I have had conversations about this, like just dying laughing about everyone's cars and the mountain mm-hmm. that come out. Of my sister had that GMC man. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Yeah, you, that was so heavy that car. Where the was 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 like, <laughs> fuck did you get that? You closed the door. Oh, where wow. did you get that truck from with the cap on it? That was Sean's grandfather, Chet. <laughs> Chet. Do you remember? We I remember being in it. It was it was uh, you, me, Chris. I think Kyle, when we were going to the Beastie Boys show at Rutgers. At Rutgers. 1992, which was the best, yeah. one of the best Henry shows I've Rollins. ever seen in my life. Henry Rollins. It's yeah. Like, it wasn't like Ice Cube or something. Yeah, Ice, Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah whatever. It was, it was, he was um, some weird group he had going on. Yeah. It was like it was uh, Ice Cube. Yeah, it was Ice Cube. And watch. then Rollins and then the Beastie Boys came out. And oh, my God. That was, it was 1992. It was like <sighs> November 92 at Rutgers. It was Skills re- to pay the bills. Yeah, it was but, right after Check Your Head. It was all. They came out. They were wearing Scullies. They were. Ju- it was that was like for an impressionable sixteen-year-old, seventeen, or wherever it was. It was one of the best shows I've Can ever I tell seen you in my a life. Quick story about the 
the truck that he had got <laughs> from my grandfather when I was a kid. It was my grandfather's truck, and in the back, there were like two beds and shit, and like fucking toilet sink, sink and shit, <laughs> like with a, cam- with a camper over top. And when I was a kid, there were, along the back wall, there was like a pail. It was like yellow. And it was like a bedpan, like a plastic thing. It was just like nailed. There was a nail, and it was on top of the nail. And so when the car was like stationary, that's all it was. But when I was in the back and my grandfather was driving, if he like turned like left or right, the fucking pail would sway left and right. And there was a naked chick from like, <laughs> like fucking Playboy magazine like cut out. So you would see glimpses of it and shit. And there was like one time I was with him when I was a kid. Behind his seat, he like picked the seat, you know, and pushed it so he could put some shit behind it. And there was like just some like black and white like like booth, you know, like photo booth photograph of this chick just topless. I'm like, what's that? He's like, nothing. He's like, don't, don't you know? He's like, don't you know that all black people are no good? I'm like, what? Oh my god! Wow. I was like, not my friend Lamont. He goes, yeah, I bet you he's no good. <laughs> Anyway, I found out the woman, the Polaroid, like behind that was like his mistress that he had for like four wow. years. Oh, wow. wow. Tell me that shit was so, still, so I guess so it wasn't in a truck. Inherited the truck. Yeah, but man. But th- one of the pieces of trivia is that my father, it was in my father's, and my father said, yeah, you can have it if you pay for a new transmission because it needed a transmission. So Bill did. And then my father put the fucking transmission in by himself, fuck, in the That's truck. A, that was a three-speed. It's crazy. The, the shifter was, was on, on the, the column. <laughs> yeah. Like a wooden fucking wow. shifter it's on the column. It's just speed. the funniest shit to see parked outside of his house for an 18-year-old kid to be fucking driving around. Like, yeah. you, you just graduated, right? Wasn't, weren't you just out of high school? No, You were still in high school when yeah, you had that I thing? I backed into Miss McCann's car with it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we cost me like a thousand bucks. I remember we used to smoke weed in the back. Yeah, my first time my first time <laughs> yeah was in that truck outside of right out in front of my house yeah oh i remember we went God. inside and smoked you know, like one of those me and mike carvella toilet, toilet paper, paper bowl things, things. Yeah, bowl. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever shit in it uh, now nah, it was a pain in the ass to clean i think probably right yeah it wasn't like it just you flush it and it went out to a tube or somewhere i feel, I feel like bill had, had you always had car you 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 yeah, were just mad like cars yeah six, you went through months. cars like yeah. fucking sneakers i bought a man. lot of cheap cars you had a Yugo too, didn't you? I did. No. And then I sold it. You had that sick green Toyota though. That was hot. <laughs> <laughs> like when you were in college, I think in Rowan, maybe. Uh, it wasn't green. Yeah, like a dark, dark. A sick though. Was yeah, nice. that was my biggest regret is getting rid of that thing. It was a Corolla. Yeah, but it was like in, from like the eighties or seventies. Like, like, like a James Bond car. I, yeah. I, I miss my Subaru that I decided not to fix the calipers. Jim had a great impression of it. You'd hear it drive up. <laughs> Yeah, but Jim, remember I give you that Merc Trace shirt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you, and instead of lights, instead of changing the glass, you had like a fucking water bottle. My grandfather was like... <laughs> I cut over my, my grandfather was the most industrious person. Like, he was like the white Sanford and son. And so, like, if there was any problem with a vehicle, he would just go into his garage and fix it. And whatever he had in the garage is what was used to fix it. So... Yeah, so Sean's Merc Tracer had a busted headlight, and so instead of like going to Pep Boys and getting a new light, cut open Polar Spring water bottle. <laughs> he butterflied it, flayed it, <laughs> taped it. It fit perfectly, and it worked, and it passed inspection. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that's before YouTube. 
yeah. Chris, you remember no, that remember fucking car you had? Like that first one, your dad's car. Remember, like I remember the when I first holes in the bottom. It, what was it like a Toyota Corolla a or something? It was a Datsun. Yeah, but he used to drive that home. I remember yeah, when, fucking, we'd be playing like out in the street and you could hear him turn the corner. Yeah. But brrr, your dad yeah. comes home, he's fucking exhausted. Was, he, in this he tiny like, little car. Yeah, he put like cereal boxes at the bottom. <laughs> they fucking keep the water from fucking piling in his feet. I remember him coming around the corner all the time. We're he out there must playing. have fucking wanted to drive that thing into I, a pole. I, your dad coming, should come on the podcast because he he's got He was driving home to fucking go to that little ranch with fucking four, 15 uh, people living in that uh, house. He's just like, holy shit. Yeah. He was a trooper, though, man. He's yeah. probably got some funny fucking stories. Probably. It's just his thoughts <laughs> on the way home. Look up 70, 78 Corona. Whoa. I had a seven. The first car you, I ever had was Corolla. a 78 Celica. Oh, that's right. I have a story for and that. The bitch only like started and went one way. Like if I, <laughs> I could drive somewhere, then fuck it. It was like not no, going to start for two months wherever yeah, I went. Steering wheel. Yeah. Nice. That was ahead of its time. Yeah, that was, that's, that's, that's high tech. Look, it had three horns. That's it. <laughs> three horns. The rest are just. Yeah, yeah, one day we'll put some shit here. It was like low, <laughs> medium, and loud. That's for pissed off people <laughs> in the Northeast. <laughs> Yeah. Sean, what was the car you had? I'm well, the first car I had was a 78 Celica, but Sean I never had a, really got it running too long. Yeah, Sean had a 78 Celica, and it was just sitting there, and he didn't get his license yet, but it was just tempting us. Remember, oh, it was like sitting Yeah, it no. was That's like what, that. That was mine. Yeah, that was mine. Yeah. <laughs> but we couldn't get Sean. We Sean was like, yo, we were just home by Every Dude, day after yeah. school, we just hang out and play basketball. I was like, yo, do you want to just, let's get this, just drive this <laughs> motherfucker? He didn't have his license yet. And he didn't even, I don't even think you knew how to drive a stick. Maybe you did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But we were like, let's just, the keys are in the house. Let's just fucking drive this thing. And so, <laughs> and so we, 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 we unlocked it. We started it up and it started up good, but we couldn't get it in reverse. It was like wooden budge. We we're like, what the heck? Mm. And um, so my dumb ass, we we're like, all right, well, let's, let me go to my house and get some kind of rope or something. And we'll try to tug, tug, tow this thing out of your out backwards, <laughs> out of your driveway. Cause it was, it was parked, you know, we had to, we had to go in reverse. We were like, Oh shit, we got to fucking move this shit. Right. At that <laughs> yeah. point. So I got an extension cord. I tied it around the bumper and I tied it around cause I had my license. I tied it around my front thing and I was reversing it. The fucking thing wouldn't budge. The extension cord snapped. Turns out the emergency brake was on. <laughs> and we ruined like a $40 yeah, extension cord. <laughs> Maybe we, yeah, it was probably lucky we didn't go joyriding. I remember the uh, the K car. You're crazy oh. there. You had one. I had one. Fucking Plymouth Voyager. Uh, no, that was the first. The blue van was a Plymouth Voyager, but then I graduated to a Plymouth Reliant. K cars. Yeah, there was a time that you just would recycle like every, I don't know, 18 months, you'd get a new one, right? Those are oh, everywhere, It was just man. that same one, but it, it Look at that one, though. No, the one to the right. Dude, click, click on that one. The one that's, to the right. what, that's what he had. Down, he down. had the Chrysler. Down, down. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had that piece in white, yeah. and my brother yeah. had one in black. And the and best thing about Rob is like pile into that but, thing. We should have been pulled over every, every time, fucking time. Even the the stupid van. Remember the van with the fucking uh, with the plastic and duct yeah. tape on the window Rob. for eight yeah, we months. Buy one on eBay. I yeah. that car, every car looked like that, and, and the houses in the background. Every house looked yeah. like that. Rob, how tall are you? Six two. This motherfucker, six two. All of his six two body would get into that thing. He'd put his left arm out of it in the summer and like scrape no, it. On no, that's head. that's what you should have seen. My brother, my brother was even worse. Like he was like this, like 
like both yeah. arms out. He could put his leg out the front passenger side. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember this, and I don't know why we thought of it, but we tried to do it. It was in this K car, and I think it, because you know you had your ape hangers like out the window. Sw- yeah, swiping out the window. And I said, I'm going to put my leg out of the passenger seat, put your leg out of the driver's seat, and then, like, scoot in the middle. Yes. And so I ducked. So, like, oncoming cars look like, like I'm, like dri- I'm driving like this with my with my yeah. left hand on the on the freaking uh, gas pedal. Like, I'm using my hands like I'm just a goddamn plastic monkey. Just burn. Oh, that's funny. Uh, down Commonwealth. <sighs> Remember we driving and reclining the seats? Like, I would take my father's Celica and we take it to school or whatever, and then recline the seats so far back that no one could see. And drive <laughs> some knuckles and drive and drive out of there like it's cool. But that's another time. Like, sometime I got, I think I got, I don't know if I got arrested. I think it was one of the times I got arrested and I was driving the Merc Tracer, and Dan drove the Mer- Merc Tracer or. This, he was going to drive my car, and he, the seat was, like, so reclined. <laughs> was it, when he got in, he couldn't even see anything. There was a time that we that you, me, Dan, and Knife were at uh, Hooks, and we left, and we're standing. It was freezing. It was January. We're in the parking lot, and we're oh, on I ice. I fell and busted my We eye. all did. Everyone, like, like Dan was pissed at Knife for, for starting to sit up in the bar, we left and it just kind of got heated and all of a sudden all four of us grabbed each other like because like i think nick went after dan and dan grabbed back and we all grabbed and then we fell all four of us collectively fell and sean got fucking but i'm the only one that fell <laughs> flat on my fell. face <laughs> and then we drove we drove over the bridge and dan got pulled over and he went through the whole spiel but he was fine so so uh mm. there was i thought it was that same night without i don't know if it was mark I think it was the same night maybe it, it was, was that same night and it, i remember because we all we, there was, we got heated for a moment we fell down and then started laughing we got thrown out of the place and then shit because yeah knife, knife got us thrown out but then, and then the cops came and i was like i was just gonna call you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I remember saying that. <laughs> thank you for being here <laughs> <laughs> that is classic. You remember Nick's um, when Knife got his Jetta? Oh, the green that, Jetta. The yeah. green Jetta. So uh, I remember we were playing basketball at Holly Oaks, I think. Oh, right. first right. rolled up on the green Jetta. Yeah, like he was the first one out of all of us to get a brand new car because he was wow. working like since he's yeah, he 16 was, yeah. and he had money and it was like a brand new. He put in a down payment of like $15,000. <laughs> yeah. So flash forward six months. He loses his license, you know, after he gets this new car because, you know, he got a DUI or whatever. And um, so I told him that I would take over the payments and I would I would I would just take the car for the remainder of the lease. And he agreed to it. So that was conditional in his mind. To me, I thought it was like, okay, I'm helping my brother out. So one night, Sean is living up in uh, New Brunswick. You know, I think you're in grad school at Rutgers. And so. He says, you know, why don't you come up this weekend? There's going to be like these dorm parties. Apparently, you know, my buddy is a DJ. He's going to throw like the sick party. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I made the mistake of like bringing Nick, right? And so we rolled up together and uh, we go to Sean's, where was that, Monmouth Junction? It was like Edison, I think, the party though. <clears throat> it yeah. was like north of there, Monmouth Junction. Okay. So yeah, so we, we pick up Sean. I was was uh, yeah. I lived in Monmouth Junction. Yeah, Mark was with us too. Yeah, Blue, Blue, <laughs> Blue. There he is. 
<laughs> so we go to Sean's for a little bit. We hang out. And, you know, my mind is like, okay, we're an hour and whatever away from home. We're just going to crash at, at Sean's place. And, and so that was, that was the understanding. So we drive to Edison. We go to this party. It was, it was whack, right? Like, it was, it was just so bad. But we, we drove. I don't know why we drove. But because it was a party and knife being knife, he had a couple of drinks. And then the switch went off. He went from Nick to knife and demanded he take the car. And I said, Nick, you can't take the car. You don't have a license. You don't have a license. We've been drinking. You can't. Like, we're just, our best case scenario is, like, we're sleeping either here or we're taking a cab. (laughs) And the cab was, like, a station wagon. Remember the station wagon cabs, like, in Monmouth (laughs) County? We are going back to Sean's house. So he's, like, whatever. And now he's, like, huffing and puffing. And he's starting to, like, turn into the bull. You know, he's, he's going full knife mode. And I, I can't, like, I doesn't sound like it me, like, to just give him the key or if he just, like, ripped it out of my pocket or whatever, but he took it. And and I don't know if you remember this part, but I remember the parking lot. It was like... Yeah, I remember being in the parking lot and just watching him race away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it, was, it was like this parking lot, and then it had, like, a little island in the middle because you could just, like, park on this side or park on this side, and there was, like, a grass median. So Nick, of course, like he just doesn't back up. He's like, <laughs> does like a 360 donut around this thing and then just hauls ass on the highway. Just gone. And Sean and I, were, it, like, we're 20 minutes away from his place. Nick is gone, just smoke. <laughs> we're like, what the fuck? How are we like- I remember seeing him speed away and thinking like, what? How are we going to get home? Yeah, how are yeah. we going to get home? How is he going to make it home? So whatever, we get back to his place. The next day, I call my mom's house. And I was like, Mom, I couldn't get a hold of Nick. I said, Mom, I'm at Sean's house. Can you come pick? And now we're in college, right? So it's like old enough to not be calling your mom for a ride, right? And so I call her. I said, can you, can you come pick me up? She's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm all the way up at Sean's. She's like, Mom, it's Junction. Where is that? <laughs> you know? And I was like, well, unless you can get a hold of Nick. And she goes, oh, he's right here. And then she goes, wait, wasn't he with you? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, how did he get here? I thought you drove home. I'm like, nope. And then she loses it because she puts it. So she wouldn't let him drive back because he didn't have a license. So she drove and picked me up like a fucking teenager. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I got back and I saw Nick, zero recollection of him driving home. He's like, I don't know how I got home. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, That wasn't the first time he did that shit with that Jetta too. Yeah, there was a couple times that oh, yeah, we had an interesting one. fucking episode that one time. I don't know, maybe another time. I don't know, but that was. I, there feel, was like, I feel like we could shit. do we we could do a, a knife we can do a knife. I think I think we got to ask Jade. I think we had to ask Jade to come in for that one too. Hey, if I can yeah. though, real quick though, because you mentioned blue, I mentioned blue, you mentioned blue, and we mentioned a midget. About an hour ago. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you guys were with me or not, but I remember going out with Mark Blue, my roommate in Belmar, to some bar in Belmar. And we walked in, and there was a midget. And you know how usually when somebody sees a midget, they're like, oh, yo, check it out. There's a midget, you know? So we were, like, cognizant that there's a midget. Anyway, end of the night, 2 a.m., leaving the bar, like, all alone, no, no women, you know? And uh, there's this one table, and there's, like, chicks going crazy, like, screaming, yelling. And I look over, and the midget is on top of the table with his shirt off with all these girls screaming. 
And I remember saying to Blue, yo, next time we come here, we got to bring a midget. Because <laughs> all the chicks love the midget. or whatever New Brunswick and Blute and, and Knife were like big into fitness whatever those last couple months and so the two of them were in Blute's bedroom with their shirts off like just they're like the toughest looking dude yeah that's uh, yeah that was his ultimate warrior days when we should sell t-shirts. Oh, my God. <laughs> All the girls love the midget. It's <laughs> <laughs> on our official, we come merch, uh, our official like merchandise page. Like next time we come here, we got to bring a midget. Like, we're just going to go find one. <laughs> Yo, you know where to get a midget? You're not even allowed to say that anymore. No, no. I mean, you're around millennials. I and thought it's like a certain designation, like height. Be, that designates your dwarf. I think we screwed ourselves like or two something. or three times on this one already with some of the... We're not, we're not very PC. Uh, you know what? You know what? <laughs> Who wants to be? You know, well, at, at the just, end, let's just, let's just, this is regular language. Sorry, midgets. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are fans of that wire, I'm sure, right? You watch the wire? Method Man's character said, yo, you know who got the best pussy and the dopest asses? Midgets. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It, it, I might it, have to look for that clip. It's <laughs> terrible. Nobody wants to be offensive, but language in general is just offensive sometimes in the stories that we're going to tell. And you know what? Sorry, midgets. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Opie and Anthony used to have a a segment on their show was called the ozone midget sighting of the day like somebody would call up and like i just saw a midget pumping yeah, gas on the parkway play the clip play like the they clip, would sir. call up and just pull out a specific little people fattest asses and the best pussy midgets nigga. <laughs> he really did say that <laughs> uh i miss omar man that show is so good Omar really was the best. Yeah. I never watched the whole thing. Please don't. Oh, you should watch the whole thing. Yeah. I swear to God. I watched it. No, but you said every season. Like now. I know. I was going to wait until the 20th anniversary to watch it. I want my wife to watch it. She thinks it's slow as shit. I watched it with my wife, and then she got mad at me and watched the last three episodes without me, so I still haven't seen them. You mentioned the best thing I think ever committed to film. I believe it. I watched the first season. But now it's like you're like. You're like an old white dude, dad, if you say that, you know? What? Like, the wire is so great. People <laughs> make fun of it. Like, they think it's an old white guy so right. thing to say. Fuck yeah. you. Atypical. Yeah. Well. I ever go back to, I don't know, go back and watch The Sopranos from the beginning to go back. You've done I, it? No, I've never <laughs> seen it. To. I'm on yeah. episode seven of season one right now. Oh, really? Um, I wish I could go back. Yeah, like yeah, season, so the, season one when they, were like, hijacked the truck, remember? And the black guys want to hold their yeah, gun yeah, that like, way. No, and he's like, like, no, fuck it. Hold it the right way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I just wrote a book about like the whole series of The Sopranos. Really? Which makes me want to watch, watch it all. I got to watch it again, too, because the, just the 
when you watch just alone, if you watch James Gandolfini in another role God, where he's, he's just being himself, yeah, like he's yeah. acting, and you don't hear that that Tony mm -hmm. Soprano vernacular, it's amazing what like dialogue, <clears throat> excuse me, co coaches and stuff can can bring up. Yeah. But he actually becomes that character. It's I think funny I think shit. Sopranos is like probably the most important show. It probably is. It probably started it this. all this shit. Started, you know what was before that was probably Oz, but Oz wasn't as Oz big. Oz was good, though. It wasn't as I big. I never saw it, but how yeah. can you, I mean, Sopranos It wasn't as big. So, Sopranos was yeah. the one that launched the, like, because right now TV is better than fucking movies. Movies suck. See, I can't talk about the Sopranos because someone's still watching it, but that's the same yeah. thing with The Wire with I, but I can't you never saw, but You didn't watch it back in the day? It was no, probably it was, it was right when your kids were born. There was some... Yeah. Much hey, did you guys on. ever watch Six Feet Under? I yes. love that. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, that, me was dope. And my, that was like our show that we I loved watched. it so much that when was it was the best, on. The best, at least that I, we watch a lot of shows. That's the best finale I've ever seen. You guys, can I you never remember? saw the finale because oh, I never did? watched the whole. Oh, oh, oh I, 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 I just watched the finale. The I finale didn't watch is the like, finale either. The finale is I like thought they just the cut best. it off. I didn't know there no. was a finale. No, no, the finale is like very elaborate. They show like them progressing and what they're going to be and how they die. Yeah. It's but it's just an awesome, well like awesome concept. Whoever thought of the concept, yeah, in which to write it around, mm -hmm. like every episode begins with a death that yes. they get. Yeah, it's a dope. It's just like a cool. I remember yeah. that was on back in the Wellington days. That's when yeah. it was yeah. debut. But the the Soprano thing is is really funny when you get to the language that people use <laughs> in that. And which it kind of reminds me of a uh, of the Jerky Boys when they were laughing at their record that came out. And I remember even talking with him like. When was the last time you drove a tractor trailer? Well, I don't know. Fucking two weeks ago, I robbed one down in Jersey and drove it up here to New York, fucking flying through the tolls. I'm talking to Jim, like people in people in California don't understand that vernacular. He's like, people in Pennsylvania don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Like that, and there was something about Sopranos, like where uh, at the time Christopher uh, or Adriana was like, I'm barren. He's like, you knew you had damaged goods. <laughs> And you fucking, <laughs> we could adopt a little kid named Moltisanti with chinky guys and get his ass kicked every day. Like, like, the shit that they say on there is fucking great. And it's real though. It's re it's pretty real to the area. Yeah. They're doing a, a prequel now, right? Mm. Movie, well, right? Apparently uh, James Gandolfini's son is going to play Tony really? Soprano. I didn't hear that. Oh. Yeah. I, I, saw, uh, I just saw a, the title, I didn't read the article. You had Andrew Dice Clay up on there. <laughs> yeah, remember when we were kids? Yeah, videotape that we watched a thousand times? Yeah, well, it was like eight, like on-demand pay-per-view. Oh, uh, his my mother, My mother was going through a divorce, so she was all fucked up. So she, like, paid pay-per-view, pay so he and I, on New Year's Eve, watched fucking Dice. <laughs> like that, Dice Clay. That, that old school. One? That classic. Yeah, but I remember, like, my sister was home from college with her friend. And my mother said to my uncle, like, can my can they come to the party? You know, I remember my uncle's like, yeah, bring the sluts down. His own nieces and shit. And we stayed home and watched fucking Andrew Dice Clay. That was like a pay-per-view like, like 15, maybe. Was that yeah. pay-per-view? Yeah. That, uh, we got it, too. That's funny that it... We were, so young. we were so young. Yeah. This is Rodney's one, though. Remember the Rodney Dangerfield one yeah. on HBO? We watched this a thousand times. Dickery, dickery, duck. So I got my tongue up this chick's ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing. Uh, the act, like, oh, and then the around yeah. the head smoking. 
<laughs> that lets you know he knows he's playing. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet, eating a curd some way. Long came a spidey, sat down beside, he said, hey, what's in the bowl, bitch? The crazy thing about him now is, like, most comedians are, you know, they'll, they'll, they hold him in high regard and, like, you know, they I feel like he's taken a lot of them under the wing and what, ha- under his wings and mm-hmm. kind of helped their career and coached them and all that. But they, they can all confirm that, like, at, at some point in his career, he literally turned into the character. And he's no longer, like, there was a point where he was Andrew and then Dice Man. And then at some point, he just went full Dice Man. So, like, this isn't, this is no longer a bit. <laughs> like this is I guess it can happen. Yeah, yeah. Pass me the butter. He, you know, he's, like in that, uh, <laughs> he, he's in that. He's in that lady. <laughs> he's in that Lady Gaga movie. He's that was, good. That in was it. really good. That whole movie was. Great. He's really you good in that movie, uh, Blue Jasmine, a Woody Allen movie. You, ever, you probably saw that. I, that's one of the ones I haven't seen. No, oh, that's I, pretty good. Is he, he's in that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh. He's and pretty now, good. There's a show that he's on too that's really good though about the comedians in, in the seventies. Mm. Was that um, laugh or I'm dying up here? Dying up here. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I didn't see him in that though. Yeah, right. let's Early hear on. some more. Your boy Dice. Let's see what he got to say. Get <laughs> 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 his belt. <laughs> Jack and Joe went up the hill, both with a buck and a quarter. Joe came down with two fifty. Little boy blue. He needed the money. But I remember as a kid watching this and, and not, like, obviously not getting it. No, no. <laughs> but, like, I know that we shouldn't be watching it, but, like, why is this funny? Do you remember, uh, do you remember when he hosted Saturday Night Live and people like Jan Hook or, or a couple of them boycotted the show? They said they weren't going to go on because of his misogynist humor. Really? Back then, yeah. I feel like this motherfucker had to write a lot of jokes to fill time. I think he yeah. <laughs> a lot of jokes. He doesn't have any fucking stories. It's just Once like an old lady lived in a shoe. She had so many kids, a uterus fell out. Oh! <laughs> Mary, Mary, quite contrary, trim that pussy. It's so damn hairy. It's so it's like, bad. He's it's like doing. So it's bad. not really he's funny. No, at like all. at all. Not at all. Why is it? <laughs> he made his career. He sold out MSG twice. Yeah. But what is, you know, uh, fucking so uh, dead. Far be it for me to shit on that. You know, I guess because it was the time. It was in 1980. If you what had an you Iraq, Iraq in Seaside, you love yeah. this guy. Yeah. You yes. love that guy. What do you know of him past this same material? It's like two live crews first album. You don't know anything past this. Do you remember like, when he was on that sitcom and he was a delivery guy in Trenton? No. Oh. <laughs> Am I the only I, one? Like, it yeah, was like, I don't even know this it, at all. He made it like maybe four episodes past the pilot. What was the he sti- was like like a UPS guy? No, I never heard of that at all. Let me look. But this. Is- <laughs> Sorry, I can't no, believe with all the O and A too that I've listened to over the years and when they fuck with him and he's been on there. Like that's what I know him from this special and then O and A after that. That's all really I know about the guy. I feel like there's still dudes at work. You guys have like jobs that probably don't have dudes that talk like this. But there's I do. guys, and I do. I do there's all the time. There's still people that talk in these kind of like yeah. jokes. Yeah. <laughs> that freely and they stare at you. For I, like no, a when I work there, freely <laughs> throw around racial slurs. Yeah. yeah. Like no problem. <laughs> yeah. Can't tell. Possible. Who knows what? Possible nothing. Possible nothing bets a dollar. 
God. Bless this house. I can't tell you how good it is to get out of the apartment. How did our parents live without baby monitors? It's so weird when they're babies. A couple of floors down seems so far. It, like, what the, do you think the his blonde scene is? woman, Kathy Moriarty, was in You've Raging seen it before? I was trying to look. Really? She was the De Niro's wife in Raging Oh, yeah, Bulls. you're she right. totally yeah. hot back then. All right, so <laughs> just to set the stage here, there's four women playing cards, um, suburban women, you know, just having to drink, playing cards, just kibitzing, as they say. How do you think... Dice walks into the scene. <laughs> like <laughs> Dice kicking well, the door down? He says. He's going to walk in and be like, fuck, it's goddamn girls' night. But I got no plans, so I'll join him. Ho for it's women. It's better if Jane's out that she could do it on the coffee table. You didn't hear that. And he's probably going to realize, he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to take all the money. It's cards, bitches, broads, fuck this. And then all of a sudden, he's going to be the one losing all his money right away, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm home. Dice. I'm home. Where's Dice. my dinner? Put <laughs> out your cigars and clean up your language, ladies. How about we stick a cigar between your cheeks and call it your face? Hi, Marion. Hi, honey. How'd you do? I bought 225 and ate a lot of hot dogs. But none of that's important right now because my little girl's playing poker. So, Bill, we were talking yeah, about... Poker. <laughs> poker. <laughs> poker. Apparently, I was the only one that remembered that Dice was in a sitcom. I didn't remember this shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, and his I name never is heard T. Mulholland or Moheist or Mo- Miss Host. Hey, Daddy, I'm playing for Phyllis. What? How could you allow this? Well, Phyllis had to leave, and you know how Danny likes to play cards when she's been drinking. (laughs) It's one hand. It's not going to turn her into a card shark. And Phyllis said it was okay. Yeah, so maybe it didn't live past the pilot. (laughs) (laughs) They were thinking, this is a success. We got Dice. We got the chick from Raging Bull. It's going to be awesome. This would have been fine if it was on HBO, like Lucky Louie. Yeah. Like, that would have worked. That's like the original Lucky Louie almost right there without without the sophisticated writing of Louis (laughs) C.K. Yeah, remember the, like the bad set design, like Lucky Louie. Yeah, it was, it was just. But it was all about the so fucking unique. lowbrow humor yeah. shit that it was. What a foreshadow that has <laughs> become. <laughs> Do you want me to keep going? I mean, I can't imagine there's going to be anything. Good I don't think there's anything. I'm curious to see if my suspicion of what? comes out that he's going to play cards with them, then they're going to take all his money, and he's going to be like, "Oh, women can play cards." <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was the lesson. And it's okay. Let me see your hand. Maybe we could help Phyllis out. Oh, you're right. What? I'm helping her. She's 12. It's a handicap. Bet everything. Okay. I bet $20. I call. A king, a seven, an eight, a two, a jack, a ten, and a three. Beat that. What are we going to tell Phyllis? We're going to tell her we don't want our daughter to turn into some foul-mouthed beer-drinking gambler like a mother. Ooh. Oh! <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't even deal with this the way he talks. <laughs> For real. Oh, he was a postman. That's what he was. Do you remember those guys that just love to fucking emulate him? And, like, that was the cool... This is the shit that people in the rest of the country don't understand. Like, we (laughs) inundated with these clowns all the time. Yo, what the fuck? Do you remember when Eddie Murray 
Eddie, Eddie Murray, the fucking guy Murphy. from the Baltimore Orioles. He was a great hitter. Remember when he got on base after walking? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, wait, no. no, when Eddie Murphy parried these guys, like yeah, when Rocky, Rocky the movie came out. Yeah. Like, oh, these fucking moolies. Yeah, he's like, for my candy. I'm going to get some jujubees, some popcorn, and a large Coke, and the moolions paying for it. And he's like, meanwhile, like, he's like, Rocky came out and it, uh, inspired so many Italian guys to be tough. Well, was it, wouldn't Dice's stick get old? Just like he's talking I like think normal he's, yeah. Yeah. Very, very, like very soon. Around, get old. No, I, yeah, but just the people around him be like, oh, come on with that. I like think he did. I think he did because what is he? I don't know what his current standup is, but I honestly think he got a resurgence from his career from Opie and Anthony. They had to have. Yeah. Like they blew him up. Yeah. Again. You know, Jim Norton. You get a lot of people get drunk, go to club and stuff. Fight. I had a fight with an Italian dude. Right after around time, Rocky came out. Italian, white people, period. Y'all go crazy after y'all see a Rocky movie because y'all believe that shit. Because the movies are so emotional and so real. You sit there and go like, hey, this is real. <laughs> and Stallone have y'all white people pumped, especially Italians. After Italians see Rocky, they come out the movie theater, they be like, Italians are funny people because they act like niggas. It's real funny. It's they do. <laughs> they hold their dick more than us to be standing around with. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right here, all right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck you, all right? <laughs> Everything is a question, too. Hey, what am I, an asshole? What am I, a fucking jerk? Get the fuck out of here. It's right here, all right? Look at his Starship Enterprise clothes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my God. Look at him right now. But you know, know. what was funny? Uh, Amy Schumer, say what you will about her, but one of her specials was called the uh, the leather special because she said all comedians at one point they wear goofy leather yeah. outfit. Because <laughs> didn't he didn't he have this on in Delirious Rock. Both of them. It's like fucking red. Chris yeah. Rock and then yeah. Chappelle. Like they all do it. Yeah. <laughs> Dice. Chappelle did it too? Oh yeah. He has gloves right on. Rocky right now. Yeah. Great fucking move. <laughs> Straight. <clears throat> you don't like this way. He comes out, slide comes out, he breaks his big fucking nigga's face. He busts it fucking wide open. Fucking moon and y'all laying on the floor, fucked up. It's fucking great. I'm fucking loving We're probably gonna have to edit this. <laughs> oh, wow. He, he, he's got the vernacular it. down, though. We, for the, yeah, but we just got on iTunes. That was short. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, Shum, you know what I like about Stallone's movies? The realism, you know? Because, you know, that's the way you got to fucking treat those fucking movies. They think that they can fucking push you around. There's your big hot shot. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. That's what I like about Sly. goes in, and the moolies are beating him, and he fucking, he don't fucking go around. He's not fucking going down. He comes in, he cracks the fucking moolies hole like this. He falls on the ground. That's what I like. You know something? You can really do that. You can really fucking do that. You see that fucking big moolie y'all stand over there? You see that black guy over there at the line getting some candy? Yeah, all right, now he's about 6'5". I'm 5'2". I ain't no big guy, all right? But I'm Italian, watch this. You watch this, all right? <laughs> hey, excuse me, brother. <laughs> hey, let me have uh, a <laughs> box of juicy fruits and... Uh, let me have some bonbons. I think I'd have some bonbons there. And uh, let me have some uh, junior mints and uh, give me another box of uh, juicy fruits. And uh, the niggas are going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Excuse me. 
You heard what I said, Mooley. Pay for my fucking candy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this could never happen today. It, it just... Oh, Why? Just because it's too unpolitically correct? Yep. Look, little Italian white man. I enjoy Sylvester Stallone's movies too, but I'm getting waiting here to get some candy. I'm going to go see a movie with my friend. Why don't you just go hop in your Iraq Z28 and take your ass home? <laughs> there it is. And that's the same guy that liked Dice Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to edit it? Um, no, I mean we'll we'll see what happens. I mean I don't I don't know what type of things that they have to flag, but I, I think know. YouTube has got to be like public domain at this. How point. How the fuck no. did we get here? No, We're, I know, this but shit but has been public for a while. Here's here's the crazy thing. So I have an account for I, iTunes, right, or Apple Music, mm. and so with each song they give the lyrics. And there's the worst lyrics ever. Like, there, it could be anal fucking, like, that's the lyric, mm. and it's there. But then the N-word is blocked out on every single song. Oh, man, we're done. <laughs> 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 yeah. so, but he dropped it. I know, like, it wasn't us. Uh, no, I, it's, but it's, listen, <laughs> I don't think that they have an algorithm that's scrubbing every podcast that comes through and is looking to flag. Why would they do that anyway? It's... It, it, it. Because of the Alex Joneses of the world and the Democratic aliens. Yeah. I guess no one knows Alex Jones. No, we all know Alex Jones. <laughs> I think we all know that fucking... I, don't know. In, I do not know who He's Alex like, Jones is. Alex, really? Infowars, he's a fucking right-wing nut job. Yeah, fuck that. I don't want to listen to those type of people. But they, like... He was literally kicked off of YouTube. This is a guy that fucking said Sandy Hook massacre was a hoax. Yeah. Worse than your joke on the last Like, podcast. why? You must know that you have an audience for that. He does. That's the problem. That's the scary part of it. There's fucking people out there that buy this he bullshit. Was, he was convincing people that Hillary Clinton is an alien, like, for uh, real. He's a fucking asshole. Personality. And through his website, InfoWars, he has become a... A uh, hotbed of conspiracy theories, including that 9-11 was an inside job, which isn't true, or that the Sandy Hook murders of the children were a hoax, also not true, and all sorts of other things. So hopefully they'll, they'll show... Uh, well, I think that's the big debate, too, though, that they... Uh, what we're just talking about is they... they if that's a word, they deep-platformized him. Like, like yeah, you, where you have to him. go... Th- I, I can't find anything. No, actually, it's funny... Uh, Anthony Cumia just did one with Steven Crowder on, on the compound media where they were talking about, like, you have to go through somebody and the powers that be can just pull this from you at any time. Where podcasts are supposed to be the Wild West, it's free. You can say whatever you want. It's not exactly true. You can you have to go through somebody who is dis- distributing you, and if there's enough pressure, they'll pull you. You got little gold frame glasses. I will go to hell. I'm animated. My heart's big. Start your journey to super male. This is a real dude. He had millions of subscribers. Vitality to I like to fight too. We're gonna stomp <laughs> your ass in the ground, you little communist piece of trash. I'm a human and I'm coming. Humanity's gonna come together. I liked it when I didn't know who this guy was. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. This crazy, is, and it's kind of comforting crazy, though. We could act like, like 45 dicks. years old. We could all act like dicks all the time and get yeah. some subscribers. This is a fucking ass. Yeah. Fucking asshole. Yeah. It, but that's not the worst of it. I'll keep going. We know we're under attack. 
So I never expected Trump charging into a goblin's nest to not get some goblin vomit, slop, and blood on him. I don't want to see him kissing goblins. Spider goats are at least 25 years old. They're bashing it because I don't like gay people. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. gay. Is, he believes all of this. <laughs> he likes his chest and arms, I guess. Right? Look at him. Raise them in government dormitories and do medical experiments on them. Break your jaw in seconds. <laughs> See, asshole had a line of like vitamin supplements too that he was selling. I'm gonna break your jaw in seconds. What, why was he famous for this show? I don't need this show. I don't it's know fuck info. where he came from or where. I've heard you of Info he, Wars. I've he, heard of that. He's talking about what? Frogs or spiders being gay? Well, that and he... So, but he... <laughs> What's well, he talking about? Yeah, and he blamed liberals and, and the Democrats because they were... They, he claims that there's another life form of goblins that have morphed themselves into, like, Democrats and the liberals are crazy. And it, it bonafide, legit crazy stuff. And somehow we had a following... And, it, and it's not a thing. I, I thought it was just like, okay, a character because he would be on Rogan all the time. And, you know, I think yeah. that's where he had a little bit of um, credibility. Is because it, it, that, right? That did give him credibility. I didn't think. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think when you watch it, though, when you go back and, and uh, Dan was asking about that, like, I still think that guy's like got the perfect freaking life, Rogan, with his podcast, with the, the different people he brings in. And to give this, not like he, to give him credibility to bring him on, but then to debate him. Did you have to listen to this motherfucker for three hours on Joe Rogan? <laughs> I didn't you know. I, you know what? I, I'll go on YouTube and I'll just oh, take pieces. And like, you know, oh, and there was a missile fired from Russia, which like was an ICBM and then got like shot down. That was ABC News. So I'm like, all right, this isn't really happening. Okay, you know, we got prepared. It's always gonna be prepared, but hopefully, oh, and a reactor's having a problem. Okay, some stuff. So there was some outages and some problems, but government and msm had hyped it then they used it to demonize alternative media even then when it wasn't catastrophic so my gut told me it was bs it was bs and so thank god i missed the whole 2012 thing but still they said alex jones says the world's ending the bureau 2012 bill you look like you have something to say here I feel like this is the guy that, that I'm always at at the end of like a party or like a fucking. Oh, you get cornered by, yes, by a talk. Sure. Yeah, it does. That's totally Chris. Yeah, like, and you're just trying to like go, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you're looking, you're looking down at the ground and the door, like to yeah. try to give him subtle signals, yeah. and he doesn't fucking yeah, take it. His fucking arm around me. <laughs> and, that, and that guy didn't drink that entire night. No, yeah, right. Yeah. He's stone sober. This guy that's sober. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he saw Chris with a two liter of soda and a four. <laughs> so fucking weird. Yeah. How many of those guys? Like, I remember you talking about way back in the day when you worked at Miracle, like, or any place you've ever been to, where these like dudes just start talking. You'd be like, dude, I was fucking my chick. And like, they always what? do. I why? Just, why do I want to fucking hear this? I know. They always they do. Always and I always, like, I never even give them what they want. I always just go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I think they want. I don't know what they want. What Dude, do guys really do? Like the, I don't know. Man, the, fucking, that's the funny part five. where you always seem to come out where, where we're not the type of people that give a shit about that, but they think that you are, and yeah. that's a way to relate to you. That's yeah, a really bro. fucking crazy thing to assume. I know. You just but everybody's it, but on it, your wavelength. With I, it, it happens to me to this day. There's a lot of people that just still do that. Even like what I was saying before, because yeah, uh, I work, work in fucking shit job. I know I work in a fucking bar, yeah. and somebody will just go like, yeah, those freaking... 
You know, they, they just <laughs> throw it down. They, yeah. they don't care, and they, they yeah. just assume that you're down with it. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And eventually, just like for non-confrontation reasons, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they don't pick up on the signals and just keep fucking going. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, why yes, is that? It goes on for why? like a half hour with me just going, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, what would be the likelihood of uh, broadcasting from your bar? Like, could, could we pull that off? Is sure, there? we could pull it off. It might be really weird, though, like with the people that would buzz around you. Mm, and I think come I like to that talk though. like that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can oh, I can certainly put some fucking wackos in the seat too to talk to. No doubt. Oh, I've that got would be amazing. I've already. Yes. You, I talked about this this yeah. idea that I had with, and I kind of realized that this would cause mad problems in the community in the bar mm. if I did what I, my original idea was. Right. Because people would drop names. They would drop substances that are. Right. Currently flowing through there like water amazing. and shouldn't be. And would the guy from Skid Row show up? Uh, he's gone. No, that was a different bar. Did you hear Sebastian this, Bach? No, no. <laughs> he used to I, drink at Rob's I, bar. I, I, oh, oh, the real. It was Skid a different Row bar. Dude? It was a different bar I worked oh. at. It was right down the street from that. It was a. Uh, I don't remember what it had to be. You can lock it down because the story I'll tell was, it was a Sunday night. It was real quiet, and the bar is just like a almost like a rectangular bar, and then there's little two top seating around the outside of it. And this guy comes in with long blonde hair and he sits down at a table by himself and orders a bottle of wine, which is kind of unusual for him to have a bottle to himself. It was Sebastian Bach because he lived around the corner and he, uh, he's sitting there by himself. It was kind of dead. It was like late Sunday night. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of look over at him and be like, you know, he's a celebrity. You're looking at him, you know, walking around. All of a sudden, the dude just springs up and he's like, yeah, yeah, we fucking got him. Obama's dead. What? Like Obama? What the fuck is this? What is he talking about? He's like, yeah, we fucking got him. Osama. Like Obama? And he was like, it was the night that that uh, the raid happened with Osama, but he fucked up the name and said Obama. <laughs> so Sebastian Bach in the middle of a bar screaming out, "Obama's dead. We got him." I wish you fucking like, you well, put- Osama, and he's like, "Yeah, oh yo shit, yeah Osama." We got him. Fuck yeah! And he's walking around high five, and there's only like, like literally five people in the bar at that point, <laughs> but he's running around high five in them all. But it, like, just you remember uh, that stupid VH1 show they did with him and Ted Nugent and and the guy from Anthrax, and they they made like a super band, and it was a reality show. It's like making the band, and he kept going like they wanted to name the band. And he kept going called Savage Animal. Savage animal, and he just kept repeating it over and over. And everybody else in the band's like, "You're a fucking idiot," and that's what it was kind of like with him running around the bar, just high fiving you, like Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. What, the heck, what was he there for? He lived in the area. He was in your bar. I missed that. He was in your bar, Rob. Yeah, yeah. That's how we found out. The one that was, I was at. The one that I came. To no, see the, no. The other. There was down the street. It was. For, it was. Uh, it was in Tinton Falls. Uh, but he. This. Uh, he lived around the corner. And people had known that he'd been around to these bars, but it, was the, it happened to be the night you missed the story. He was sitting in the bar, and he just all of a sudden erupted on a Sunday <laughs> night. And like no reason. He's like, "Yeah, we fucking got him. Obama's dead." I'm like what? <laughs> but he fucked it up. It was the night that that Osama bin Laden got, the raid happened. But he was running around high fiving people. Did he not have a bar himself? I he might have. You know what? It was the year later that that we had Hurricane Irene. The year before Sandy. And it washed out all kinds of shit in that area, and it 
his house got flooded, so he moved back to L.A. or something. Like his kid used to come in. His kid used to come in. He was in a heavy metal band, and he was like, "Look hey. at that picture." He was like, he kind of, he was kind of like, "Yeah, <laughs> my dad." Like when you, he didn't want people to know his dad was Sebastian Bach, maybe because he didn't want to be <laughs> riding at coattails. But I think it was for other well, reasons. Sebastian was a Jersey Shore guy, right? Dad, yeah, that's where he was. That's so I, I think his son was like, <laughs> "I don't want people to know that this is my dad because he's a fucking idiot." What a dick. Him. Yeah, he just said AIDS kills fags dead, then by injuring a fan during a concert brawl in Massachusetts. <laughs> you know, there was a story around the corner. The Lincroft Inn was right around the corner from us, and there was a black dude, this big black dude. I forgot what his name was. Was bartending there, and they they told Sebastian to leave, and he wouldn't leave. And this guy had to throw him out. And he, uh, fuck, I wish I Virgil. This dude Virgil, like, it made me think of the Million Dollar Man with his uh, sidekick Virgil, and this guy apparently kicked the shit out of Sebastian Bach on the front of the bar. The bartender walked out and kicked his ass. Does he have next to your fire? You know, what's that? That's rock and roll, son. Or driving in a van, listening to my dad saying this is the end. Not realizing the lyrics. Father, yes son, I want to kill you. Dad? What is this all about? That's Jim Morrison, boy. Does he look like that? Sebastian Bach. Yeah, What's his he, hair like? I mean, he looked older, but it's exactly the same. Like he, <laughs> he looked like the rocker when he when he was jumping up, and he was so. I remember his face so like just so vividly, like like yeah, we fucking got him. It's the way I learned about that feature, I, <laughs> the hard way. So we'll just uh, put that together. Sorry, Rob. Keep going. Oh no, was, there was much more than that. That his fucking weird jack o' lantern face when he was. He's one of New Jersey's great artists, I think. Yeah. Good for us. One day and you were lo- Kurt Loder, he's like Bob Costas. He's been that age <laughs> for From 30 MTV. years. Yeah. With a new yeah, hard to dislike, but hard to love, too. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember coming home late and watching Bob Costas interview a chimp one time? <laughs> what? It was some weird fucking shit they did. I yeah. swear. We were... The room adjacent to Rob's garage had a television, and we would be in there. And there was one time Bob Costas, Rob's family room, Rob's family room, <laughs> great podcast. Was, was uh, <laughs> for a more wholesome was, version was, of what you've just heard but, here, yeah. tune in but, to Rob's living room. He I was do uh, love solitaire. We saw Bob Costas, and it was like a shtick thing they did on NBC. And he was interviewing the chimp, but he looked exactly like the fucking chimp. Like his ears, everything just looked like the chimp. And then I remember immediately going somebody turned the chain and i remember this fucking guy roy firestone yes. oh, yeah. there was oh, another yeah. one with him with a monkey and he looked exactly like the freaking monkey he was interviewing like and we were, we were all fucked up. wasn't he baseball firestone i thought he was everything show. he was like a yeah like it was a his own serious shit. talk show yeah, it was oh, his God, own shit i hated him man. yeah, yeah wasn't sucked. it on late at night yeah that's, that's where we always die. found it yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're you're hanging out and shit and <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it whenever is you anyway. wanted to watch real sports, you put him on and you're like, fuck. I remember watching yeah. it, it was like Bob Costas looks like that monkey, and then we yeah. changed it. It was Roy Firestone, and for some reason there was a fucking monkey on his <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like Roy Firestone looks like that monkey. Roy Firestone. Yeah, so uh we'll we'll transition there, but this is probably one of the best sports inter- I remember Roy Firestone as being like the you know, the minor league version of Bob Costas. He was on Yeah, the, right. Uh, he, well, uh, they say then, he changed the way people interviewed athletes though. To Jim, be honest. Who, this guy Costas or no, Roy no, Firestone. This motherfucker. Oh, Firestone. Jim Rome. No, 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 no. I have uh, I'm 
I'm going into Jim Rome now. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, Jim, Jim Rome, Rome. is terrible. I feel like he's... Uh, he was the worst, but this was probably the he best. He has like a dice thing going for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's me. not very arrogant at all. No. no. He's not. <laughs> Jim Rome. So in, honor, in honor of the Super Bowl, here is the Los Angeles Rams' uh, greatest quarterback, not named um, Kurt Warner. This is uh, Jim Everett and Jim Rome. You know, you've been calling me that for about the last five years. About two years, actually, Chris. Well... Hey, you know what? Let me let me say one thing. In that game, how many sacks did I have that we came back and won? How many sacks did yeah, you have? Yeah, game? How many sacks? Let's see, but this was back in 1989. So clearly instigating. Wow, he looks so young. Yeah, he's yeah. a douchebag. So Jim Rome is instigating Chris Everett for, or uh, sorry, <laughs> I fell for it. Jim Everett for calling him Chris Everett to, to mock his uh, femin- <laughs> femininity. Okay, so you, you may have even been Jim Everett back there, but somewhere along the way, Jim, you ceased being Jim and you became Chris. I mean, that's... Like you're across, you're two Damn. feet away How from an he, athlete. Yeah, the dude who could crush you right there, right? Yeah, he ballsy. Damn, they couldn't do that in these days. That's <laughs> no. fucked up. Yeah. He wouldn't do that. Yeah, but let's wait, be fair. Wait, wait, wait. He's calling his ass Chris wouldn't ever like yes. a tennis, yeah, player. tennis player. He wouldn't do that shit to like Warren Sapp. Like he would not have the balls to fucking say that to Warren Sapp. Like you, you like make up a name. Yeah, why does he have the balls to say to him? He's a pretty tough looking. Yeah, he does. Dude. But, the, but I guarantee that dude would not have the balls to say that to somebody like LT or Warren Sapp or some crazy defensive lineman who's black. They, he just wouldn't do it. That you know, we're sitting here right now, and if you guys want to take a station break, you can. But if you call me Chris Everett to my face oh. one more time, I already did it twice. Better, you better oh. call one more time. <laughs> oh, dick. Well, it's a five-minute segment, our five-segment show. We got a long way to go. Well, we do. We got a long way to go. We do. I'll get a couple segments out well, of you before. Well, it's good to be here. Oh, what a douche! And with the right. limp wrist, and he like laid back. And All said, right, maybe oh, he I'll would say, it. maybe he would say it to one of those guys. But damn, it would be nice to see them just smash his fucking grill. With you though. Well, it's good you to know, see you too. Because you've been talking like this behind my back for a long but time. But now I said it right here. Right. Exactly. Well, we got no problem. Well, I, with think that. It, I think that you you probably won't say it again. <laughs> that I do. Okay. Chris. Oh, oh shit! Oh shit! They've got no the way. There's a lot of videos out there with the end with the Kirby enthusiasm music is so funny. We're, we're gonna have to, you know what? Maybe that's uh, we'll, we'll wait for the next uh, podcast for that. But we're going to uh, we're gonna wrap up now. Thank you for taking this nostalgic trip back into Rob's garage, and so we're gonna send you out with a little bit of Nas. Fuck that other shit, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna do a little something like this, you know what I'm saying? Stay up on this. Keep it on and on and on and on and, you know what I'm saying? Big Nas. Listeners, blunt heads, fly ladies, and prisoners, Hennessy holders, and old school niggas. Then I'll be dissing the unofficials that mo coolie tie. I dropped out of coolie high, gas the vibe, cocaine, cutie pie, jungle survivor, fuck who's the lava. My man put the battery in my back, a difference from energizer. Sentence begins to dent it with formality. Moderation's infinite, money wise, a physiology, poetry that's a part of me. Retardedly, Bob, I dropped the ancient manifest of hip hop. Straight off the block, I'm reminiscent of Park Chance. My man was shot for a sheep coat, chocolate bless and make me see him dropping my weed smoke it's real grew up in tripe life the times of white lines the high pipes murderous night times the night fights and white crimes chill on the block with cardiac cold strap with my peeps that's in the drug money market interact no sign of the beast and a blue price law i guess that means peace for niggas no shice device to just snipe you start off the dice roll the mats for crap to see